You're about to listen to our program Eng. We don't know why, however we are grateful you chose to. We do wish to inform you that the views, opinions and overall morality do not necessarily reflect those of the station, interview guests, sponsors or musical entities. If you should choose to continue, and we sincerely hope that you do. Just know, we tried to advise you against these actions and we are not responsible for any damage done to your sanity, morals or ideals. Thank you. Here comes the terrible siren. week we uh we sat and we talked with you about uh, <laughs> about the the thing uh the stuff mcguffin the egg and the cheese mcguffin mcguffin that's mcgruffin <laughs> or actually mcgruff there's hootis who's that hootis you're late no it is 802 he could have been joining at eight and it just lagged you don't Hootis know is late. leave hootis alone I've been waiting on who to join this chat for about ten minutes now. She's stuck in a room with us. She needed someone else, Hootis. That's what it comes down to. No, uh, so last week we talked about the the beating of Rodney King, and um, we didn't get a lot of responses. Like, there weren't a lot of comments and stuff left, but (laughs) the download numbers on it, though, say that whatever it is we did... Y'all wanted to hear it. It was so weird. So, um, we got a little blowback. Like, earlier this week, when I had posted about what tonight's episode is, there was someone that commented and accused us of just drudging up the past and being divisive and helping to keep keep the, the division going. I don't see it as being divisive, and if it was taken that way, by all means, please. Those of you... Suck my left nut. No, 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 hold on. <laughs> those of you that actually cared about what we had to say, um, you know, I, if you liked it, 
let us know. Some of you have. Some of you did message me and reach out and comment and say that they enjoyed it and we did a good job with it. And thank you. That's that's what we were trying to do. We're not interested in keeping the division going. And if you actually listen to our show and what we say, um, you would never come to that conclusion. As far as dragging the past back up, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. And that's our point. That's the, the lessons yet learned in front of it. That's the point. We're not learning from it. We just, we keep repeating these same stupid patterns over and over and over again. Does that mean we're insane? Because we always expect a different result. Yeah. We're doing the same thing continually. So... Maybe if enough people, because I do believe in what Ace says, is if you talk about it, that's how you make things change. Um, if you talk about it, you can help get people's heads around the idea that this shit is wrong and we shouldn't be okay with this. You mean out their asses? Even if you yourself are not okay with it. If you have that head in the man, head in the sand mentality, like we need to just quit talking about it, we need to ignore it. You know, yeah, it's, it's dumb. It shouldn't happen. They should blah blah blah. I hate people. I'm sorry. You're right. It is dumb. You're right. It shouldn't happen. But you ignoring it isn't making it any better. Doesn't make it go away. You can't just ignore your problems, expect them to go poof. Yeah. Yes, we genuinely live in the. Uh, the live with the fact that there are spiders all around us in our house. Yeah, one dropped on my head last night while I was trying to play Minecraft. I don't like that either. Scared the shit out of me, bud. IRL or in Minecraft? IRL. Oh, spooky. <laughs> you look like the bad cover of a 2006 Avenge Sevenfold. But the thing bed. is, is just because we don't think we don't see them. Like, we choose to ignore the fact that they're there. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Doesn't mean I just that they're not there. Yeah. I just ethically burned him, and you tried to ignore it. <laughs> I'm not wrong, though. Well, and I was, I was lost in the fact that when he took the hat off to try to do it as nonchalantly as possible, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked like he could have been on like a dollar dollar twenty five tree um, book rack as a, a, a romance cover. He looked he like the it. weird profile and like a you know early MySpace page for emo kids. No, no, you, you guys just want to block the, immediately. L'Oreal commercials where they're just like, oh. you were on nobody's Please top eight, help. were you? You were on nobody's top eight, friends. Please send help. It's okay. I'm sorry. I had to open with that. That's when I was staring at you. That's what I was going to say, and I stopped myself then. But I realized if I didn't get it out then, I was yes, never going to get if it. If we do not talk about an issue, there is no fix. He's trying to right. skip over me burning the shit out of it. Yeah. Bing bong. But another thing, too, is, that came up oh, quite a bit is why. You know, why riot? They rioted for six days. You know, when uh, the the George Floyd happened, they rioted for a week. Right? Two weeks? 
I don't remember, honestly. It's all a blur. Right is... I, I mean, there were protests. There was definitely some rioting, but... There was I don't a think lot the riots of themselves lasted all that long. Well, and the thing is, too, is way back when, you know, yeah, looting and stuff was happening, but at what point does a riot turn back into a protest or a protest become a riot? I, I understand when a protest becomes a riot, when the first brick is hurled, if it was hurled by the protesters. I mean, that depends on who you ask. However, ask me. when does a riot transition back to a a, a a protest when it the does. last brick is hurled? I, I don't think it does. So Once at, you've crossed that line, there is no coming back. So at that point, then, did they truly riot riot for six days? Oh, no, there was a protest that turned into a riot at some point. I'm really mad you haven't queued up Let's Start a Riot. <laughs> Sorry. I would like to express my disappointment in the Cult of Odd for not following through on their musical promises. Mm. I'm making a formal complaint, and I, I will have my lawyer contact I didn't make that promise. Me. There, there, there are no promise. Protests do not become a riot when it's about raced. Protests become a riot when the first brick is hurled. <laughs> that, that's, that's it. Protests over uh, women's rights to vote turned into riots when the brick was hurled, or the bra was lit. No, when the brick was hurled. I'm still down for lighting all the bras on fire. Free the titties. There is no difference in the races. No, there's not. None. But time and time again, history keeps showing us that that's not correct. That's not really how it it fully is in society. Race matters a lot to the wrong people, too. Yeah. To the people that seem to sit in seats of power, race seems to be a very big thing to them. It's all about power and control. You cannot control a group who is not divided. You this can is only true. control a group who thinks that they are different from each other. I'm. I. Uh, we got a message from the Holy Mother. She said, "I'm for protests, but against violence and riots." I'm I agree. Agreeing. Yeah. Violence only begets violence. And as we stated multiple times in that episode, violence only begets violence. Yes. I do understand where the violence comes from, and I do understand where the anger and the rage comes from. That doesn't make it okay. That just means I understand where it's coming from. And like I said, the question time and time again came up that why? Why loot? Why uh, break things? Why tear everything down? Why destroy your own community? And I am not any kind of theologist or or have any social degrees or anything like that. I'm just a fucking dude that has an opinion and an idea. And the idea struck me. So I, (laughs) I ran the idea down to see. I don't know for a fact that these two things are tied together. However, there does, to me, seem to be some sort of connection. I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm going to do what we did last week. We're going to give you facts and opinions. And we're going to clearly tell you when we're giving you facts and when we're giving you opinions. We broke it down. We did it very simple. We said fact. 
and then we read through our material. And we paused and we said, opinion. And that gave us a chance to discuss what we had just read. Uh, who do, uh, yeah, who does, uh, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to let him read that one, because I'm not reading that one out loud. It's a whole last paragraph, bud. Uh, before I get to Hootis' paragraph, Holy Mother said I could understand why people and internalized rage erupts into violence, but I do not think it's the answer to the problem. It That's is not. not. I'm going to agree with Holy Mother. However, we watched... Like we said before. Uh, however is a, a weird word to, to transition from. but When we watched the writing that was going on while it was happening during George Floyd. Yeah. Okay? We all lived through it. Yeah. But we watched, we specifically had up the news and we were watching it and like, we had, each one was a different corner in the screen and we were watching them all. Both we wa- blue and red reporting. Yeah. We were watching it and... It was um, graphic, to say the least, to watch people link in arms in a protest and then have the cops come up and throw punch and start the riot and start the violence. Because yeah. we watched it. So uh, my, my question at that point is, it a riot when the police starts the violence? Seems to be. But Doesn't matter who you are. Seems to be. If the cop wants to get aggressive, the individual that is, you know being detained must submit and go along with it. And at what point do you either fight or fly? At a a certain point, like we saw with Rodney King, you are not in control. You have to respond with instinct. Holy Mother, I would have loved to have been able to talk to you before this show. What'd she say? I might like to have a conversation with you if you don't mind at some point Um, Hold on. Holy future. Is Holy Mother back from her honeymoon? Yeah. Okay. Holy Mother, I would like to come over and set up your computer so you can join chat. And stop also, relying on Corey. Also, because I miss you, and I want to hang out with you again, because that was fun. So. But Holy Mother said I lived through the, the Detroit riots in 67. Well, what we're talking about tonight is Tulsa. And, and it sparked in my brain. My brain makes weird connections. That's what it comes down to. And my brain made some weird connection over the the question constantly being asked, why? Why do they tear down their own uh, communities? Why the violence? Why the uh, uh, outrage and the burning and, and everything that takes place? And I thought, you know... There, there's the, the Detroit riots in 67. <laughs> Get out of here, pastry boy. Uh, Sounds weird out of context. <laughs> Get out of my pastry. <laughs> you go back further. And when you remove race from it, you start looking at different incidences. And you, you track back to where the idea came from. You know, it's it's... One thing with, okay, well, they did this here, so we're doing it now. Okay, so I understand that logic. It, mm-hmm. Where does it go back to? And you could say it goes back all the way to the dawn of time. But because it is Black History Month, and because we did talk about an individual uh, that is different from our own race, I wanted to tie some connections together. Because I really doubt uh, black people riot because back in feudalism Japan, somebody got upset. 
I think that's a, a bit of a stretch. Perhaps just a wee one. And maybe even my own connection is a bit of a stretch. I am not saying that this is truly connected, but I can see parallels. We're going to be talking tonight about Tulsa. And the massacre that took place. Two different points in Tulsa's history. 1917 and 1921. Race played a huge part in these events. And it's not too dissimilar from things that happen today. Other than the fact of the massive overreaction and response. You mean like to our last episode? I wouldn't say we had a massive overreaction. First, that's the thing that we wanted to talk about is within the first hour that he uploaded, we were at 67 downloads. That was insane to watch that number rise. I forgot to go back. I'm, I'm getting to Hootis' comment now. Uh, what are people expecting? When uh, they did peaceful protests for so many being murdered by cops, they were told by people like fucker Carlson they weren't protesting right. Then, when they were taking a knee at a sporting event, uh, those same people lost their shit again. Well, if everything else is the wrong way, eventually people will snap and say, fuck it, this is how we're going to do it. And there's a lot of truth to that. How do you protest correctly? By standing on the sides of the street, telling people that our lives matter and stop killing us? Oh, wait, you didn't like that. So maybe an influential person doing something that shows that, you know, they support that movement. Oh, wait, they didn't like that either. Now, if you haven't listened to the Rodney King episode, um, what it comes down to, a holy mother had summarized it real quick, uh, because I don't know what to call holy mother's husband. Holy father seems wrong. Holy daddy. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to ease Dave into me slowly. I, I, oh, that was phrased wrong, bud. I oh, no, bud. Dave's going to get respectable odd for a little while. Why? I didn't get it. Yeah, well. You made your choices. So did you. You moved in. Look, Holy Mother and I hit it off pretty much like gangbusters right out of the gate. Holy husband. And holy, you husband. Just, holy husband. Holy <laughs> husband. The holy husband. Uh, <coughs> my brain went somewhere, and I can't. I'm not going to say it right now. But at break, because we got break coming up, we're 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 gonna give uh, get into it after break, like we did last. We're time. We're tired, y'all. We're sorry. We're stumbling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Please send help. <laughs> uh. So, um, we're going to explain the, the, the events as they, they happened from what we've been able to pull from multiple different sources. Um, we double-checked and made sure these are the facts as they have been recorded and put forth. Because a lot of the time, and what you'll run into is there's a quote in my uh, research that you'll find where it ends the sentence in... <laughs> 
like document unfinished or unfound document because a lot of the documents on this particular incident were either destroyed or they refused to release them. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about this. I the, wonder why. The funny oh, thing don't is, worry, you'll hear it. This was brought forward to the um, zeitgeist by the Watchmen TV show that yeah. they they did on HBO Max, which absolutely great. Wish they had been able to do more seasons. Need to watch it. It was good. I need to watch it, yeah. I wouldn't mind rewatching it, so. Oh, okay. If you feel froggy one day, let me know. <laughs> if he feels Eskimo y. No. No, we're not talking about that one. We're letting that go. Are we? Because you did. <laughs> hey, uh, do you want a cookie? <sighs> sure. I let it go. It's not my fault. Friends picked it up. That was great. Eskimos. Anyway. <laughs> Nobody's going to know what that is except for one person, and it's great. One person. Actually, two, because one of them's in the chat. It might click with him. You think that's Pastry Boy? I know one of them is. Look, so long as you're not building an igloo in the backyard, it's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, we're going to put forth the facts as they were documented, and we've been able to dig up through multiple sources. Again, we will let you know when we're giving you the facts as we found them or opinion. If you have any problems with that, it's a history lesson. Nothing more. Because we seem to keep forgetting history. We're allowed to have opinions on history, but we are not allowed to change history based on opinion. And we don't have the right to forget it. Yeah. You have to learn from history. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of fact is taken. Well, that's unfortunate that it happened, but I just don't believe that way. Or it's uh, that's unfortunate. I just don't believe that way, though. Like the Holocaust deniers? Well, yeah. Let's not piss anyone off with that. I, ho- the Holocaust, I think, is a topic I'm going to steer completely away from. No, but that's the exact thing is I don't believe it happened. You don't have the right to believe it didn't happen because it did. That is one topic that definitely gets people fuming. Well, I have some good news for you, Odd. Apparently, who just wants to build an igloo with you? No. You do not want this particular type of igloo. Who does? We got to talk to you after the show about that sentence you just, uh, yeah. It seems nice and cold in there. No, sir. It should not be cold, bud. No. Not the not the Eskimo, not yeah. the igloo we're talking about. So, um, we hope you are going to enjoy what we do tonight. Next week, though, never fear. I already know the episode title. The episode is going to be titled, Come and Knock on My Zaldor. Because Zaldor from Zaldor's World Podcast, a former Tap Detroit um, DJ, is stopping by again to hang out with me. He's coming to join the Cult of Odd. Join us. One of us. And I believe next week we'll have Ace back. Woot woot. And if we don't have Ace, we'll probably have Cookie. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point... The altar boy may show up as long as his job lets him. We'll see. Yeah. So, I want to thank everyone for last week. It was amazing. I want to thank everyone for downloading and listening. A lot Uh, of thanks. I want to thank those that commented. 
you know what? Even the detractors that had an issue with what I uh, what I said or what they thought I said. I it's like a dislike YouTube. on a YouTube video. It just drives more traffic. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah, but <laughs> it helps solidify me in my stance, really, because you see, you see what they want to see, right? Yeah. Like I, I that sentence seems wrong, but you see how they want to see. They want to forget that these things happened. They they want us to not bring them up. Because it might spark more anger and more hatred and more violence. Unfortunately, with this subject, there's no right to be angry at it. Because it is... It's there, a lot. Yeah. We, we should be mad about this. This is something that should have been fixed 30 years ago. It, it, realistically, this should never have gotten anywhere near as far as it has. The whole thing with race shouldn't have. Yeah, there is only one race, the human race. Like, okay, uh, because I like old ass TV shows. I was watching that show, Alien Nation. I don't know how many Fantastic. of you know it. Um, it was on from eighty nine to ninety, um, and it was about a race of aliens called the Tanktonese who cr- had crashed here on Earth five years prior, and had filtered in. To the the society, they there there was a quarter of a million of them that were on the ship when it crashed, um, and they filtered out into L.A. Now, this show is pretty cool. It it deals a lot with race, but I think the most optimistic look that this show had to offer, yep. is that in five years we let an alien race just filter into our neighborhoods. And into our jobs. But they were fighting for the rights to vote within five years, which... Yeah, within five years, they were they were fighting for their right to vote. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's not the... That's the America I would hope to live in. You know? Yeah. That it, it would only take five years. That's... It's optimistic to... Optimism to the point of foolishness. Yeah. That 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 was the uh, reality breaking thing for me is because and they say it at the in the intro five years ago yeah and you're like no way this would happen in five years like they were working in police departments and hospitals they had their own hospitals they, they had education they had educations well they they were smart to begin with but, but they were allowed to go to college here. yeah uh, they they were slowly intrigued intri- allowing them in schools integrating. Yeah, that's the word I can I yeah. say, apparently. Just in five years, though? Not going to happen. Look how long it took us to... Desegregate? Yeah. And the crazy thing was, is that there were purists. Yep. And the wildest scene of this, this show, to me, is like in the very first episode, in the pilot episode, where you see a chain in front of an elementary school of people barring this little Tanktonese girl from being able to go into the school. And it was white people, black people, Mexican people, Asian people, you know, down the line. Now, it was a purist movement that was led by white leaders, but it was still crazy to see. Well, even... uh, Even groups that are very clearly white supremacists have people of color who join them. It, 
It's so weird. It really is. I I I can't wrap my head why you would want to be associated with a group that clearly hates you and your family and your. Well, if you watch the show, um, the Boondocks, the the animated show, Uncle Ruckus is a uh, an exaggeration, a, uh, a caricature of that mindset. Yep. You know, Dave Chappelle had a version of him that was uh, uh, an old uh, old blind guy from down south. Yep, and then there's Kanye West. I mean, didn't know he was black and hated black people. Am I wrong? <laughs> you gave me that look, but am I wrong? But uh, yeah, I, like I said, it was just wild that in just five years, they, that is definitely some science fiction. Oh yeah, and that's the saddest part. And the we thought Star would, Trek was optimistic. The fact that they would willingly want to integrate into our society was optimistic. Well, I mean, they they were stranded here. That, that's the yeah. They had no way to get show. home. Their ship didn't just like crash and like oh we can repair it. No, that thing was gone. Yeah. Well, considering what type of ship it was. Yeah. But yeah, the show was really good, and like I said, it dealt a lot of. Uh, it, it's so funny because you 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 see people nowadays that are like TV shows are too woke, they're too heavy handed, and then you go back and watch old TV shows, and they came with a fucking sledgehammer. WKRP in Cincinnati had a sledgehammer on the first and second episodes. It was weird. Shows have always been heavy handed. It's they, only now we've started getting the oh why is it talking about this? I don't want it no, talking about I, that. I think, that's, I think there's always been people who are like that, but. Jesus. Well, I mean, they wanted to jail Elvis for gyrating. Yeah. Which, there is a biopic about Elvis coming out in June, and it looks good. Go watch a trailer later. I, I think the the reason we're seeing a lot of shows are so heavy-handed is because they don't want to discuss this again. Yeah, they keep trying to sweep it under the rug. See, everybody blames the media, and you know what? I will admit, the media does sensationalize some things. Oh, for sure. Um but the Careful, media, you're the media. Well, the media, <laughs> mass media or um, uh, legitimate media, like I, I don't Big know, brother. The shit you see on TV, CNN, Fox News, all that. Yeah, you got to remember somebody's paying the bill for you to be able to see that, and it's not you. Yes, you're paying your cable bill and your light bill, but someone has paid for those ads to be placed there. Mm-hmm. And if the right people or the wrong people pay enough money, that is whatever narrative the network ends up having to follow. So it's good to get your news from multiple sources. The media is and does sensationalize things, but they also know their demographic. You know, if if you are if you've got sponsors that want to sell, you know, Toyotas and, and toilet paper and all this other stuff, there's a market for that. If you want a, a crowd that, you know, shops at, that eats at McDonald's religiously and buys only like Fords or Cadillacs or things like that, there's a market for it. Yep. You know, media is not necessarily the villain. Remember, media is often a reflection of ourselves. Yes, Pastry Boy, the media was originally about the news and not the ads, but that's no longer the case. No, the media was not. So you're confusing two different. Um, you're confusing two different words. There's a difference between media and news. Okay, news 
is the facts. I'm talking press. Press. News. News is news. Media is everything else. TV shows are media. Uh, uh, movies. Music. There, there's, there's an agenda for everybody. Country music pushes one style of an, an agenda. Depression? Heavy metal music pushes another style of agenda sometimes. Yeah. Yo, know, there's always going to be an agenda. The, the, choose, your, choose your news sources wisely. I am a member of the media. Though I talk about news stories, I am not a newsman. I am not an anchor. Hell, I'm barely a radio host. Or barely people. Or barely human. However, I am a member of the media. We barely exist. Please send help. <laughs> and as a member of the media, I'm free to talk about shit that's going on in the world. <coughs> and though I don't agree with Joe Rogan's message, he is in that same boat. Up Joe Rogan. Sometimes, instead of blaming the things that are, are blabbing at you... Maybe you need to blame yourself for listening to the things that are blabbing at you. Oh, if that doesn't hit home. <laughs> if you don't like what you hear, change the channel. It's sometimes we need to hear those things that no, we don't like. Here's the thing. You can listen to Joe Rogan and like, like his interviews. A lot of his interviews are actually pretty good. I wouldn't know. I've watched a few of them when he's talked to people that I was interested in hearing what they had to say. Mm -hmm. um, his interview with a Andrew Yang was pretty good. Um, his interview with Kanye is just batshit fucking crazy. It's so entertaining. You know... Does he you guys expected anything else, though? Huh? You guys expected anything else? I mean, it's Kanye you West. You gotta hear... Kanye best. You oh, God. Get out of this fucking house. But only when he's wearing his Kanye vest. That's right, bud. I'm gonna uh, quit this show if we don't get to the fucking point. God. The, the point is, is you need to take your own personal responsibility. Just because it's what's being said to you, investigate it for yourself. If you've just made the decision, well, it's easier to just hear what they have to say and believe that, then that's on you. Oh, we got a doctor in the house. Oh. However, it's the brother. Oh. Secret tunnel! <laughs> Secret tunnel. Actually, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The one that actually it was is Hello from the Other Side. Um, but no, it comes down to personal responsibility. No, we're not having more Kanye West quotes. The, the, <laughs> the media can only manipulate you if you allow them to manipulate you. Information isn't wrong. Knowledge and history are not wrong. Nope. Get but a VPN and go look at the internet. When you're not trying to twist them to fit your own agenda. I have no agenda. I want us all to get along. I do want race to be a thing of the past. I want it to be a thing that we don't have to, t to worry about or talk about or, or think about anymore. That people can just be people. It doesn't matter if they're black people or uh, Mexican people or Asian people or Whatever. Whatever you want to put on them. British people. I, I don't care. We are floating on a fucking rock, hurtling through space. And time. 
we are all each other have. And we somehow have to live in harmony, not only with each other, but with nature itself. So maybe stop trying to hate each other and get along, buds. But that's just my opinion. Holy Mother said, before we go to break, control the media, control the mind, Jim Morrison. When media is censored, the masses become controlled. Just my opinion. And that is true. And who just said, are you a gay fish? I mean... (laughs) Not today, Hootis. Try again tomorrow. You're going to get music from Damo the Great, The Lonely Ones, and Carmel Liberti. Uh, You're going to get Eloise, Real Big Trouble, and Like the Dead. You're listening to The Cult of Odd, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Tulsa. Now it's time for our Patreon shout-out. Big thanks to Seaweezy, Bryce Rogers, Tiki, Billy Yum, Justin Burnside, and Zaldor of Zaldor's World Podcast for becoming a patron. Welcome to Anef for joining the Cult of Odd Plus. We hope you enjoy our long, uncut and girthy episodes until you're fully satisfied and left shaking from laughter. For everyone else, you can join our Patreon too. Just head to patreon.com forward slash cult of VOD. Become a patron and reap the benefits today. Tired of regular bar food and bar atmospheres? Yes! Do you long for a place that feels like home where you're treated as family and not just another customer? Yes! Yes! Then Big League Brews is the place for you. Their menu is the most extensive in all of Downriver. They have an excellent breakfast selection, and they're also well-known for their burgers and wings. But hey, if you don't want to believe just some guy on the radio, Big League Brews has been voted Best Sports Bar in Metro Detroit by Click on Detroit six years in a row. They have the friendliest staff and a wide array of cocktails and beers, 26 of them on draft, with new creations regularly. Yes! 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 And... If you're looking for work, Big League Brews offers the most competitive wages with great medical and dental and vision benefits and plenty of paid time off. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Big League Brews, located at 20428 Ecourse Road in Taylor, Michigan, or head to bigleaguebrews.com for more info. Big League Brews, go beyond ordinary. Eat and drink extraordinary. It is an eerie story about a former hospital in Metro Detroit. The building now houses Wayne County employees. Now, some claim that they have run into ghosts. Our Paula Tubman teams up with some experts to put that claim to the test. Here's what she found. They said I had a loose screw. No boundaries. Pump me through a thorazine and tie my arms around me. Sleep soundly. You will hear. Sometimes I can't tell even if the voice is real. The quarter pill, it was just another casualty. They said I lost control, now they're questioning my faculties. Actually, on one hand, they made me right. I don't remember anything that happened that night. A bright light, final destination. Only thing that they can do is treat my head with medication. The complications are abundantly clear. I don't remember shit. Some people fear death. Go ahead and let them kill me. I'd rather die first than admit that I was guilty. I'm filthy, consumed by rage, you see, only animals belong locked in a cage. One night in Eloise, I spent one night in Eloise. In Eloise, I spent one night in Eloise. In Eloise, I spent one night in Eloise. In Eloise. 
pain, all I know is pain. Electroshock therapy straight into my brain. It's not that I'm insane, just made some bad choices. But now I need something else to help me with the voices. Who am I to deserve a chance? When you see me in the street, you wouldn't give a second glance. Chemically enhanced, a needle and pin. And this blood that I can never seem to wash from my skin. Where do I begin? Because it feels like I'm done. That's why I keep the door locked and I hide from the sun. But that don't bother me none. Cause maybe they're right. It's like I only feel myself underneath the moonlight. In hindsight, I don't get physicality. Been a lone wolf, I don't split my personality. explanation for what we saw that night.
cultivate, you'll be opened up to a whole new level of consciousness. You'll know what's beyond the yellow brick road, what lurks on the dark side of the moon and what creeps through the forests at night. You'll have a wealth of resources to pull from. A group of favored mentors and spiritual enforcers that will guide you to the path of odd. You're our family. Even if you don't know it yet. Once a member, you become one for life. Because if you leave the warmth and love of odd, you're dead, dead, to, dead, us. dead, dead, dead to us. Head to patreon.com forward slash cult of odd. It sees you and knows you want it. Embrace it today. These are the facts as we found them. I will give warning that a lot of this is uncomfortable to hear and graphic. Uh, yeah. Um, Try so, writing it. <laughs> as before with the Rodney King episode, understand we are not doing this for shock value. We are doing this for information value. So you, you, you should know these things, I think. Before we talk about the Tulsa Massacre in 21, we actually have to go back a few years. Um, There was uh, the Tulsa Outrage. It was an act of vigilante violence perpetrated by the Knights of Liberty, a group understood at the time to be a contemporary incarnation of the Ku Klux Klan. They were against members of the Industrial Workers of the World, and on November 7, 1917, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, an incident occurred when 12 members of the IWW were convicted by Judge T.D. Evans. Evidence is divided on whether the resulting $100 fines for vagrancy or failure to own a liberty bond, um, which violated no law. Judge Evans also convicted five men uh, who, though they were not members of the IWW, were witnesses for the defense. After sentencing the police round or after sentencing, the police rounded up the seventeen men and delivered them into the custody of the black robed Knights of Liberty, a short lived local group. The Knights of Liberty abducted the men at gunpoint and drove them to a deserted location west of town. The men were then, one by one, bound to a tree, whipped, then tarred, and feathered. The Land Press reported that Tulsa founder and Ku Klux Klan member W. Tate Brady led the tarring and feathering. The article states that police delivered the convicted men into the custody of the black-robed Knights of Liberty. 
The provided document attached to the article states, I believe the circumstantial evidence is sufficient to prevent any of them from wanting to give anyone any trouble in the way of lawsuits. All made the same statement with emphasis that Tate Brady put on the tar and feathers in the name of the women and the children of Belgium. The same is true as to the part that Chief of Police Ed Lucas uh, took in the situation. Not all of the witnesses said they would swear in court as to what had happened. The remainder of the document has since been uncovered, which continues, It is a question as to what extent I could go in uh, uh, sorry, I lost my place. Establishing beyond a doubt the persons in the mob since their disguise and robes and masks were complete. I doubt if I could do it in a court in Oklahoma at this time. In the Tulsa Daily World article about the incident, the victims were reported to be suspected German spies. Referred to as members of the Industrial Workers of the World. Harlow's Weekly also explains the contemporary connection between Belgium, the IWW, and the Knights of Liberty. The article explains that actions, uh, that the actions as economically and politically happened rather than racially motivated. A Kansas detective reported that over 200 members of the IWW and their affiliates had migrated to Oklahoma to organize an open rebellion among the working class against the war effort planned on November 1st, 1917. It was reported that police beat the IWW members before delivering them to the Knights of Liberty. The Tulsa Daily World reported that none of the policemen could identify any of the hooded men. The Tulsa Daily World article states that the policemen were kidnapped, forced to drive the prisoners to a ravine, and forced to watch the entire ordeal at gunpoint. Nothing to do about race. But it establishes a violent history for the city of Tulsa. So basically, to understand what brought about the watershed moment that caused this, which is by no stretch of the imagination a massacre, you need to step back even further to 1905 Tulsa, two years before becoming a state. Ottaway W. Gurley, or O. W. Gurley, arrives in what was at the time a booming oil town. Gurley was a black man and former aide to President Grover Cleveland. Gurley was one of the wealthiest black men at the time and bought up land to open a grocery store and boarding house. These businesses, and eventually his residential expansions, became a hub for black entrepreneurs to get a foothold. Soon, the area known as the Greenwood District would expand and thrive. In 1907, Oklahoma gained statehood, and with it came strict segregation laws not to mention tensions with the KKK and the purity of white lineage. As a result of these segregation laws, the black dollar stayed mostly spent in Greenwood, circulating and building wealth amongst the community. 
It said that the black dollar would circulate up to 19 times before making its way out of Greenwood. It's that circulation that aided Greenwood the most and helped build their economy. There you have it. The advent of Black Wall Street. These segregation laws lead to the to a black community prospering and they all lived happily ever after in harmony with one another right should have should have so we have a history of violence in Tulsa uh-huh. and we have a start point for what was to become Black Wall Street the Greenwood District I felt it was necessary. That was a quote from Matt's, Matt's research. research. Yeah. I felt necessary because he explained so well and so quick of note exactly what I wanted to put forth mm-hmm. about Greenwood. I couldn't say it any better myself because yeah. that's what we kept finding. And I'll give, I'm going to give Billiam a research credit on this because we multiple times in the car would have to sit and listen to very boring very monotone podcasts on terrible, terrible things. So he gets a research credit for helping me with that. Yeah. Are you okay, dude? But <laughs> he's playing a game. I am listening to every word you say. I have ADHD. I could stare at a window if you want. So we haven't given you opinion. We've just told you where the, the that where the information came from and that. Uh, Matt did help greatly with this research. So thank you for that. Making sure nobody gets upset. Because <laughs> we blended into what was going on with behind the scenes. And yeah. You don't want to upset anybody now. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's, let's give honesty here. I don't want to offend your delicate sensibilities. It is a fact that Billy has ADHD. We didn't give that of opinion. No, nope, and it is a fact he is playing a game. <laughs> it is true. It's called pun ball. And it is a fact that Matt helped us with the research. There you go. All right. (laughs) On May 30th, 1912, 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a black shoeshiner who was employed at a Main Street shine parlor, entered the only elevator in the nearby Drexel building at 319 South Main Street in order to use the top floor colored restroom, which his employer had arranged for use by his black employees. There, he encountered Sarah Page, the 17-year-old white elevator operator who was on duty. Whether and what to what or yeah, whether and to what extent Dick Rowland and Sarah Page knew each other has long been a matter of speculation. The two likely knew each other at least by sight because Rowland would have frequently ridden in Page's elevator on his way to and from the restroom. Others have speculated that the pair might have been interracial lovers, a dangerous and perhaps deadly contemporary taboo. A clerk at Renberg's, a clothing store on the first floor of the Drexel, heard what sounded like a woman's scream and saw a young black man rushing from the building. The clerk went to the elevator and found Paige in a distraught state. Thinking that she had just been sexually assaulted, he summoned the police 
apart from the clerk's interpretation, that Roland had attempted to rape Paige. Many explanations have been given for the incident, with the most common explanation being that Dick Roland tripped as he got into the elevator, and as he tried to catch his fall, grabbed onto the arm of Sarah Page, who then screamed. Others suggest that Roland and Page had a lover's quarrel. The 2001 Oklahoma Commission final report notes uh, that it was stated that it was unusual for both Roland and Page to be working downtown on Memorial Day when most stores and businesses were closed. But it was also speculated that Roland was there because the shine parlor which he worked at may have been open to draw in some of the parade traffic. While Page had been required to work in order to transport Drexel Building employees and their families to choice parade viewing spots on the building's upper floors. Although the police questioned Page, no written account of her statement has been found, but apparently she told the police that Roland had grabbed her arm and nothing more, and would not press charges. However, the police determined that what had happened between the two teenagers was something less than an assault. The authorities conducted a low-key investigation rather than launching a manhunt for the alleged assailant. Regardless of whether assault had occurred, Roland had reason to be fearful. African-American men accused of raping white women were often prime targets for lynch mobs. Realizing the gravity of the situation, Roland fled to his mother's house in the Greenwood neighborhood. Tuesday, May 31st. On the morning after the incident, Henry Carmichael, a white detective, and Henry C. Pack, a black patrolman, located Roland on Greenwood Avenue and detained him. Pack was one of two black officers on the city's police force, which included about 45 officers. Roland was initially taken to the Tulsa City Jail at the corner of 1st Street and Main Street. Police Commissioner J.M. Adkins said he had received an anonymous telephone call threatening Roland's life. He ordered Roland transferred to the more secure jail at the top floor of the Tulsa County Courthouse. <clears throat> Roland was well known among attorneys and other legal professionals within the city, many of whom knew him through his work as a shoe shiner. Some witnesses later recounted hearing several attorneys defend Roland in their conversations with one another. With one of the men having said, Why, I know that boy. I have known him a good while. That's not in him. The Tulsa Tribune, owned, published, and edited by Richard Lloyd Jones, and one of two white owned papers which were published in Tulsa, broke the story that af- in that afternoon uh, edition with the headloy- headline. Nab Negro for attacking girl in an elevator, describing the alleged incident according to some witnesses. The same edition of the Tribune included an editorial warning of a potential lynching of Roland titled To Lynch Negro Tonight. The paper was known at the time to have a sensationalist style of news writing. All original copies of the issue of the paper have apparently been destroyed and the relevant page is missing from the microfilm copy. The Tulsa Race Riot Commission in 1997 offered a reward for a copy of the editorial, which went unclaimed. Other newspapers of the time, like the Black Dispatch and the Tulsa World, did not call attention to any such editorial after the events, so the exact content of the column, and whether it existed at all, remains in dispute. I would imagine... Opinion. 
I would imagine that if it did exist, since it had a sensationalist style of writing, it would be probably one along the lines of those like little pam- propaganda propaganda pamphlets and other like low end print magazine type deals. Easy to get rid of or hide. I- I don't know how to to really describe they would be them. Trashed like they were. It's, it's almost like somebody hands you a pamphlet outside a store and you just drop it in the trash. Yeah. yeah. So okay, in the the nineties, um, there was 1900s? there was a uh, Stop. there was a hacker magazine that had been around since like the seventies, I think. When payphones came around, it started as a, a phone freaker pamphlet. And as time went on, it became more of an underground paper, and it legitimized itself, and it, it actually looked fairly good after a while. But in the beginning, it was just a shittily photocopied, you know, hastily put together thing that you would receive in the mail by one or two, maybe four dudes in a room, yep. just putting it together and sending it out. So it wouldn't surprise me if none of the original copies of it Exist. Yeah, it was a legit new. Think of it like the Inquirer. Nobody's saving a thousand copies. Of You're the also Inquirer. talking about 1921, though. How how much newspapers and stuff like that, like a sensationalist style newspaper, not actual news news. I'm gonna give it to. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> on that, on being a sensationalist style, they was, were ahead of their time. It, it was their their podcast propaganda. Yes, the propaganda podcasts. Now, see if you lump podcasts in with that kind of stuff, though. Some of them do fit that bill. Yeah, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. you got to be careful there. But I can understand why, if it did if it do, did exist, why none of them remain. Because yeah. oh. that, too, and once you find out what happened in Tulsa, you would understand why it's a good chance none of those would have uh, existed. Because if it didn't have a circulation outside of it, especially outside that little area... Hmm. I'm allowed to drop the band hammer in chat, right? Not on, on, on Pastry Boy. Oh no, what did you do, Pastry Boy? He said, do you know what I could do with four dudes in a room? <laughs> Fact. lots and lots that was a great podcast (laughs) the afternoon edition of the Tribune hit the streets shortly after 3pm and soon news spread of the potential lynching by 4pm local authorities were on alert white residents began congregating at and near the Tulsa County Courthouse by sunset around 7.30pm the several hundred White residents assembled outside the courthouse appeared to have the makings of a lynch mob. Willard M. McCullough, the newly elected sheriff of Tulsa County, was determined to avoid events such as the 1920 lynching of a white murder suspect, Roy Belton, in Tulsa, which had occurred during the term of his predecessor. The sheriff took steps to ensure the safety of Roland. McCullough organized his deputies into a defensive formation around... Ro- I'm sorry, around Roland, who was terrified. 
The Guthrie Daily Leader reported that Roland had been taken to the county jail before crowds started to gather. The sheriff positioned six of his men armed with rifles and shotguns on the roof of the courthouse. He disabled the building's elevator and had his remaining men barricade themselves at the top of the stairs with orders to shoot intruders on sight. The sheriff went outside and tried to talk to the crowd, uh, tried to convince them into going home, but to no avail. According to an account by Scott Ellsworth, the sheriff was hooted down at about 8.20 p.m. Three white men entered the courthouse demanding that Roland be turned over to them. Although vastly outnumbered by the growing crowd on the street, Sheriff McCullough turned the men away. A few blocks away on Greenwood Avenue, members of the black community gathered to discuss the situation at Guthrie's Hotel. Given the recent lynching of Belton, a white man accused of murder, they believed that Roland was greatly at risk. Many black residents were determined to prevent the crowd from lynching Roland, but they were divided about tactics. A young World War I, or young World War I veterans prepared for a battle by collecting guns and ammunition. Older, more prosperous men feared a destructive confrontation that likely would cost them dearly. O.W. Gurley stated that he had tried to convince the men that there would be no lynching, but the crowd responded that Sheriff McCullough had personally told them that their presence was required. About 9.30 p.m., a group of approximately 50 to 60 black men, armed with rifles and shotguns, arrived at the jail to support the sheriff and his deputies in defending Roland from the mob. Cooperated by ten witnesses... Attorney James Luther submitted to the grand jury that they were following the orders of Sheriff McCullough, who publicly denied he gave any orders. Of course. Well, I mean, when everything goes sideways. That's an opinion. Yeah, that's an opinion. (laughs) I saw a car full of Negroes driving driving through the streets with guns. I saw Bill McCullough and told him those Negroes would cause trouble. McCullough tried to talk to him, and they got out and stood in a single file. W.G. Drags was killed near Boulder and 6th Street. I was under the impression that a man with authority could have stopped and disarmed them. I saw a chief of police on the south side of the courthouse on top on the top step talking. I didn't see any officer except the chief. I walked into the courthouse and met McCullough in about 15 feet of his door. I told him these Negroes were going to make trouble and he said he had told them to go home. He went out and told the whites to go home. And one said, they said you told me to come up here. McCullough said, I did not. And a Negro said, you did tell us to come. Having seen the armed black men, some of the more than a thousand whites who had been at the courthouse went home to get their own guns. Others headed for the National Guard Armory at the corner of 6th Street and Norfolk Avenue, where they planned to arm themselves. The armory contained a supply of small arms and ammunition. Major James Bell of the 180th Infantry learned of the mounting situation downtown and the possibility of a break-in, and he consequently took measures to prevent it. He called the commanders of three National Guard units in Tulsa, who ordered all Guard members to put on their uniforms and report quickly to, to the armory. When a group of whites arrived and began pulling at the grating over the window, 
Bell went outside to confront the crowd of 30, or 300 to 400 men. Bell told them that the guard members inside were armed and prepared to shoot anyone who tried to enter. After this show of force, the crowd withdrew from the armory. At the courthouse, the crowd had swollen to nearly 2,000, many of them now armed. Several local leaders, including Reverend Charles W. Kerr, pastor of the First Presbyterian Church, tried to dissuade the mob. Chief of Police John A. Gustafson later claimed that he tried to talk the crowd into going home. Anxiety on Greenwood Avenue was rising. Many black residents worried about the safety of Roland. Small groups of armed black men ventured toward the courthouse in automobiles, partially for reconnaissance and to dis- demonstrate that they were prepared to take the necessary action to prevent or to protect Roland. Many white men interpreted these actions as a Negro uprising and became concerned. Eyewitnesses reported gunshots, presumably fired into the air, increasing in frequency during the evening. In Greenwood, rumors began to fly, in particular, a report that whites were storming the courthouse. Shortly after 10 p.m., a second larger group of approximately 75 armed black men decided to go to the courthouse. They offered their support to the sheriff, who declined their help. According to witnesses, a white man is alleged to have tried to forcibly disarm a black man, causing the black man to shoot him. Then, according to the sheriff, all hell broke loose. At the end of the exchange of gunfire, 12 people were dead, 10 white and 2 black. Now, opinion. Talk about making a bad situation worse. It was just one escalation after the other. I see no way that that could have gone good. Why are we an inherently violent species protection stupidity no protection it goes back to when we were still and i'm giving a very brief and wrongly worded when we were cavemen all we knew was we had to protect our own okay and our own was our own tribe all right but here's the thing why the white people even gather around the courthouse they feared again the they Black feared uprising. what? They, no, but I don't, they formed around. The yeah, they, they formed around they, the courthouse before a black uprising. The look, sheriff had the 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 suspect in custody, safe in jail. Those newspapers again. We're going back to the media stirring it and pushing it. I I understand that, but at the same time, they wanted to lynch someone. I think they're bored. That's what it comes they down heard to. Is a, young white girl got assaulted they didn't care to look at the facts it was an uprising it was an outrage and there they go he is in custody he is being taken care of do you have so little faith in your own system which is heavily stacked in your favor as is yes by your anger it is correct however you also have to remember what happens when we have one thing that we know and then 30 news sources get a hold of it and they ramp it and they ramp it and they ramp it until they get everybody worked into a tizzy over fucking what? But even that news source that was sensationalized had stated that he was in custody. Yes. And where he was Which at that point. We have to take justice into our own hands because you have to remember the time frame you're in. <laughs> but he was our He was in custody terrible. upstairs. It didn't matter. Where's he, he going to go? <laughs> He's going to sprout wings and fly. 
You know? I mean, I don't think I would have said that knowing what's coming. He was upstairs in custody. What were they really going to do? Take justice in their own hands by murder? The No, because here's the thing. He was in custody. And Go she wasn't going to press charges? He wasn't in custody because of what he did. You're he right. was in protective. Yeah, because people were going to kill him. But at the same time, he was in the fucking courthouse with the sheriff. Probably being what? interviewed as to what happened that day. Yeah. Though they let him go the first time, but they found him because they needed to get other... He, he needed yeah. protection. He was in protective custody. He was safe. Because... He wasn't out on the knew. streets. But the white... Uh, this sounds so divisive when I say it, and I hate it. The whites thought that he was being let go of assaulting this girl. Because they're stupid. Mob justice is the only underhand on this. I'm sorry. Mob and the media, wrong. But, but the media amping it and amping it did not help. But it caused the deaths of 12 people in one night. Oh, no, 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 sir. <laughs> no. We're as not, of right now. As of right now, it caused not done. 12 people for no reason other than you decide to not look at the facts. You didn't bother to actually do also, any real research. remember, we don't have, like, if we... Okay. So, like with... What happened here in town years ago before we left the axe murder? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, the one just down the street? Mm-hmm. Okay, we heard about it, and everybody drew their own conclusions, but at the end of the night, the news came on, and they told us the exact fact of what happened. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen back then. You had people's opinions trumping people's opinions, and that's all they did was ramp each other up. One person heard that the shirt was blue, the other one heard it was red. Which one's right? Which one's right? You can't do it. It's not the Can same we just beat today. red and blue until, you know, we get a good country again? I'm sorry, you chose red and blue and my brain went to, yeah, this this accurate. But I'm saying is it's not the same as today. Today you have you know can you get the facts. But they weren't purple. given those facts because, again, all the public heard. And why was it any of their business? They had at least one solid fact. She's right. He was mob in justice. custody. It's they mob justice. Think. They what caused the death of these people. Well, it doesn't. You've got to wait because it's not the same. Yeah. It's, seeing, it's mob justice. It's, you're seeing one thing. They thought he was being let go of assaulting a girl. Look, here's what it comes down to. As, as civilized and as prosperous as we think we are, we are still very much instinctual animals. I don't like it. No, we're stupid. A Tasmanian tiger and a Siberian tiger are both tigers, but they look very different, which we, means they don't recognize each other. You know the, the saying, too smart for your own good? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Back to fact. The outbreak. The gunshots triggered an almost immediate response, with both sides firing on one another. The first battle was said to last a few seconds or so, but it did take a toll, as ten whites and two black men lay dead or dying in the street. The black men who had offered to provide security retreated toward Greenwood. A rolling gunfight ensued. The armed white mob pursued the black contingent toward Greenwood with many stopping to loot local stores for additional weapons. 
Along the way, bystanders, many of whom were leaving a movie theater after a show, were caught off guard by the mobs and fled. Panic set in as the white mob began firing on any black people in the crowd. The white mob also shot and killed at least one white man in the confusion. According to the Oklahoma Historical Society, some in the mob were deputized by police and instructed to get a gun and get a hmm. Yeah, that word. I, I, I couldn't even we'll, type it. We'll swap it to Negro, but they didn't say Negro. Uh, at around 11 p.m., members of the National Guard unit began to assemble at the armory to organize and plan to subdue the rioters. Wait a minute. Who were the rioters? The people that they just deputized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. those ones. I think you subdued them when you deputized them. One would hope. Several groups were deployed downtown to set up guard at the courthouse, and the police station, and other public facilities. Members of the local chapter of the American Legion joined in on patrols of the streets. The forces appeared to have been deployed to protect the white districts adjacent to Greenwood. The National Guard rounded up numerous black people and took them to the convention hall on Brady Street for detention. At around midnight, a small crowd of whites assembled outside the courthouse. Members of the crowd were heard yelling expletives and calling for Roland to be lynched but ultimately did not storm the courthouse. Wednesday, June 1st. Throughout the early morning hours, groups of armed white and black people squared off in gunfights. The fighting was concentrated along sections of the Frisco tracks, a dividing line between the black and white commercial district. A rumor circulated that more black people were coming by train from Muskegee, to help with an invasion of Tulsa. At one point, passengers on an incoming train were forced to take cover on the floor of the train cars as they arrived in the midst of crossfire while the train, with the train taking hits on both sides. Small groups of whites were made... Damn it, I keep losing my spot. Small groups of whites made brief forays by car into Greenwood, indiscriminately firing into businesses and residents. They often received return fire. Meanwhile, while rioters threw lighted oil rags into several buildings along Archer Street, igniting them as the rest as unrest spread to other parts of the city, many middle class white families who employed black people in their homes as living cooks and servants were accosted by the white rioters. They demanded the families turn over their employees to be taken to detention centers around the cities. Many white families complied, but those who refused were subjected to attacks and vandalism in turn. At around 1 a.m., the white mob began setting fires mainly in businesses on uh, on the commercial Archer Street at the southern end of Greenwood District. As news traveled among Greenwood residents in the early morning hours, Many began to take up arms in defense of their neighborhood, while others began a mass exodus from the city. Throughout the night, both sides continued fighting, sometimes open only sporadically, as crews from Tulsa Fire Department arrived to put out fires. They were turned away at gunpoint. Scott Ellsworth makes the same claim, but his reference makes no mention of firefighters. 
Parrish gave only praise for the National Guard. Another reference Ellsworth gives to support the claim of holding firefighters at gunpoint is only a summary of events in which they suppress the firing guns by the rioters and disarm them of their firearms. Yet another of his references state that they were fired upon by the white mob. It would mean a fireman's life to turn a stream of water on to those Negroes' buildings. They shot at us all morning while we were trying to do something, but none of my men were hit. There is not a chance in the world to get through that mob into the Negro district. By 4 a.m., an estimated two dozen black-owned businesses had been set ablaze. Tulsa founder and Ku Klux Klan member W. Tate Brady participated in the riot as a night watchman. The land press reported that previously Brady led the Tulsa outrage in 1917, tarring and feathering uh, members of the industrial workers of the world, an incident understood to be economically and politically rather than racially motivated. Upon sunrise, around 5 a.m., a train whistle sounded. Hirsch said it was a siren. Some rioters believe this sound to be a signal for the, or some believe, yeah, some rioters believe this to be a sound uh, signaling for the rioters to launch an all-out assault on Greenwood. A white man stepped out from behind the Frisco Depot and was fatally shot by a sniper in Greenwood. Crowds of rioters poured from their shelter on foot and by car into the streets of the black neighborhood. Five white men in a car led the charge, but were killed by a full aid of gunfire. And they hadn't even been able to travel one block. Overwhelmed by the sheer number of white attackers, the black residents retreated north on Greenwood Avenue to the edge of town. Chaos ensued as terrified residents fled. The rioters shot indiscriminately and killed many residents along the way splitting into small groups where they began breaking into houses, buildings, and looting. Several residents later testified the rioters broke into occupied homes and ordered the residents out into the street, where they could be driven or forced to walk to detention centers. A rumor spread among the rioters that the New Mount Zion Baptist Church was being used as a fortress and armory. Reportedly, 20 caskets full of rifles had been delivered to the church, though no evidence was ever found. Numerous eyewitnesses described airplanes carrying white assailants who fired rifles and dropped firebombs on buildings and homes and fleeing families. <clears throat> the privately owned aircraft had been dis- dispatched by the nearby Curtis Southwest Field outside Tulsa. Law enforcement officials later said the planes were to provide reconnaissance and protect against a Negro uprising. Law enforcement personnel were thought to be aboard at least some of the flights. Eyewitness accounts, such as testimony from the survivors during the commission's hearings and a manuscript by an eyewitness and attorney, Buck Colbert Franklin, discovered in 2015, said that on the morning of June 1st, at least a dozen or more planes circled the neighborhood, dropping burning turpentine balls. They burned office buildings, a hotel, a filling station, and multiple other buildings. Men also fired rifles at black residents, gunning them down in the street. 
Richard S. Warner concluded in his submission to the Oklahoma Commission the contrary to later reports by claimed eyewitnesses of seeing explosions. There was no reliable evidence to support such attacks. Warner noted that while a number of newspapers targeted at black readers heavily reported the use of nitroglycerin, turpentine, and rifles from planes, many cited anonymous sources or second-hand accounts. Beryl Ford, one of the preeminent historians of the disaster, concluded from his large collection of photographs that there was no evidence of any building damaged by explosions. Dabney Gobble uh, commended Warner on his efforts and supported his conclusion. State Representative Don Russ, born in Tulsa in 41, however, dissented from the evidence presented in the report concluding that bombs were in fact dropped from planes during the violence. In 2015, a previously unknown written eyewitness account of the events of May 31st, 1921 was discovered and subsequently attained by the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture. A 10-page typewritten letter was authored by Buck Colbert Franklin, noted Oklahoma attorney and father of John Hope Franklin. The quotes include... Lurid flames roared and belched and licked their forked tongues in the air. Smoke ascended the sky in thick, black volumes, and amid it all, the planes, now a dozen or more in number, still hummed and darted here and there with the agility of natural birds of the air. Planes circling in midair, they grew in number and hummed, darted, and dipped low. I could hear something like hail falling upon the top of my office building down at East Archer. I saw the old Midway Hotel on fire, burning from its top, and then another, and another, and another building began to burn from their top. The sidewalks were literally covered with burning turpentine balls. I knew all too well where, the came, where they came from, and I knew all too well why every bur burning building was caught on fire from the top. I paused, and I waited for the opportune time to escape. Where, or oh, where is our splendid fire department, with its half a dozen stations, I asked myself. Is the city in conspiracy with the mob? Who were the writers again? Of that last quote there? In general. Um, who, who was actually writing? Oh, the rioters. White. Yeah, white people. Wealthy. Disgusting. Even the not. The so only wealthy. reason they were white at that time is because that's all that was allowed in the area. Opinion. Disgusting. Fair. We're actually going to pause right there and we're going to go to our next break. We're going to give you a chance to, to go over some of the stuff that we've said in your head. Uh, we'll be in the chat room if you're in there hanging out. We'll talk to you. You're going to get the Prime Eights, the Chinchillionaires with Denim Jean Jesus, and the Rumors Want Ya. You're listening to the Cult of Odd, and we're providing another lesson yet learned about the Tulsa riots. And when we get back, we'll hear more of what Mr. Franklin had to say. The Cult of Odd welcomes you to adorn yourself. 
your walls and even your loved ones with our high quality structural as well as body adornments for you to share our love with the world. We have all manner of material objects for you to covet. From posters, to clothing, to bean juice mugs and even stickers. Give your love to the cult of odd today. Then you can force that love onto others. They want it. They need it. And they won't survive without it. Head to our little shop of oddities now and support the cult with your love. This ain't my city, don't shine like you used to. The job went away and the people did too. It ain't the city that they once knew. But I don't see it that way. Uh. Welcome to the Great Lakes, home of the hustle. Built up blue color, but a border city. Bustle, we live our struggle. It's a move. Target with it goes down, let the house and market roll it up and spark it. No need to hide, they take our jobs, but not our pride. From the west side to the east, it's clear. Detroit, bad boy, Lake Bill, and BSC, everyone around here can't be beaten. I'm from the city where the weak are killed and eaten. Till my heart stops beating and I feel the liver. This down with a vet, please do it.
foggy Sunday morning I was born with a lightning strike My mother left that very next day My daddy distilled the country hills Ran from the county law Left me to roll with the witches and the hay I grew up drinking, threw up thinking What am I gonna do? Maybe I'll go to where the good folks go to pray But not today Well I'm a king snake, deep fake, crawling on my belly ache Late night, ready to roll In a bar fight all night, bleeding in the moonlight Thirty days in the hole I feel the whiskey coming over me And it takes its toll I'm a bad seed, dirty deed, denim jean Jesus God bless my soul
Do you long for a place that feels like home where you're treated as family and not just another customer? Yes! Yes! Then Big League Brews is the place for you. Their menu is the most extensive in all of Downriver. They have an excellent breakfast selection, and they're also well-known for their burgers and wings. But hey, if you don't want to believe just some guy on the radio, Big League Brews has been voted best sports bar in Metro Detroit by Click on Detroit six years in a row. They have the friendliest staff and a wide array of cocktails and beers, 26 of them on draft, with new creations regularly. Yes! 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 And if you're looking for work, Big League Brews offers the most competitive wages with great medical and dental and vision benefits and plenty of paid time off. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Big League Brews, located at 20428 Ecourse Road in Taylor, Michigan. Or head to bigleaguebrews.com for more info. Big League Brews. Go beyond ordinary. Eat and drink extraordinary. You've tried it all. Working 9 to 5, selling feet pics on only stands, and buying garbage to resell on eHarbor. Still, you can't find the fulfillment you're looking for. A new day is dawning, and you can catch the worms before anyone else. Pirabiz is here for all you stay-at-home mom types. You can join the fastest-growing cult uh, business in the nation. We'll bring you in at the mid-level to market our array of products. From candles and plastic resealable containers to coffee that gives you diarrhea. We leave no stone unturned with our catalog. You can jump in today and learn techniques to bring in every single one of your friends to work underneath you. We offer introductory pricing for you to cash out your 401ks and cash in on stock. Your home will be filled with our quality, that's with a K, items to help you begin organizing at-home parties that are sure to bring in sales. And don't worry if you're not a success right away. We'll berate and belittle you until you're a blubbering pile of tears to push you towards success. If that's not enough, 
We'll offer vacation meetings that'll wipe out whatever savings you have left. So what are you waiting for? Join the Pirabiz family today, and you can be failing your friends and your family tomorrow. Pirabiz is not an actual business. MLMs are predatory and should be removed from the economic lands. All right. We are back. So we're going to finish up with uh, the last little bit of Franklin's um, paper that was found. Um, And then we're going to give you some opinions before we get into the rest of this. Um, Franklin states that every time he saw a white man shot, he felt happy and he swelled with pride and hope for the race. Franklin reports reports seeing multiple machine guns firing at night and hearing thousands and thousands of guns, he says. All being fired simultaneously in all directions. He states that he was arrested by a thousand boys, it seemed, firing their guns every step of the way. Opinion. This didn't have to happen. This really didn't. This did, what, what, it, it's bad now. It gets worse. Like, I don't know how many of you looked into this beforehand or or thought they knew what actually went on. It gets worse from here. It didn't have to happen. Completely avoidable. It never has to happen. But this was a bunch of people. Like, how, how the fuck are you... Mid-riot, and I don't care what side you're on, um, but how the fuck are you mid-riot and be like, yeah, this is right. This, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening right now. We are doing the right thing. How, how does anyone, like, do y'all just not take stock of your surroundings? I blame the lead. Oh, there was a lot of it in the air. There was a lot of it in the air. How do you not look around and recognize that something is, is wrong with what's going on? This is not a typical fucking day. Hey, this is not a normal Wednesday, folk. It doesn't make any sense. Because it's so abhorrent. It is so, like, if you just picture it in your mind, it's just thousands of people. Quite people into this neighborhood a black neighborhood that has been they, they have cherished no and loved and well by the people in it yeah within they, their community they, they within their neighborhood it. yeah no they didn't build it almost 20 years later just shy of you know because 1907 is when it became a state and they registered the districts, yeah. Yeah. And it took them until 21. To destroy it. It it almost feels like they were waiting for a reason to. I think so. We obviously have no evidence well, of that. No, no, no. Because they were successful. Here's the thing. This, uh, it may be mentioned again further down, but remember at the beginning... The Greenwood District dollar was circulated 19, 19 times more. Within the district before it made it out to back to the white man. Yeah. 
Because a lot of these people were... They, they worked outside of the Greenwood District, taking money from the business owners outside, yeah. brought oh. back to Greenwood and spent it there. During, <laughs> if we take another break, which I'm sure we're going to have to, um, I'm going to show you this website that I found, and I'll link it to you so you can plop it in. Mm-hmm. And it's an article. And as you're scrolling the article, it walks you through the streets and how many businesses... Uh, a hair salon that was privately owned by a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that alone in that time was unheard of. Well, it's a district. They like, had... <laughs> the, but it's like... They take you through and show you what each building was. Attorney's offices. Uh, a hair salon. The hotel. A bar. Uh, like, it's... It's... It, it was a... Cafe. It was a, a hub. A commercial and residential hub. Back to fact. The National Guard. Adjunct General Charles Barrett of the Oklahoma National Guard arrived by special train at 9.15 a.m. with 109 troops from Oklahoma City. Ordered in by the governor, he could not legally act until he had contacted all the appropriate local authorities, including Mayor T.D. Evans, the sheriff, and the police chief. Meanwhile, his troops paused to eat breakfast. Barrett summoned reinforcements from several other Oklahoma cities. Barrett declared martial law at 11.49 a.m., and by noon, the troops had managed to suppress most of the remaining violence. Thousands of black residents had fled the city. Another 4,000 people had been rounded up and detained at various centers. Under martial law, the detainees were required to carry identification cards. As many as 6,000 black Greenwood residents were interned at three local facilities— Convention Hall, now known as the Tulsa Theater, the Tulsa County Fairgrounds, then located a mile northeast of Greenwood, and McNulty Park, a baseball stadium at 10th Street and Elgin Avenue. A 1921 letter from an officer of the service company 3rd Infantry Oklahoma National Guard, who arrived on May 31, 1921, reported numerous events related to the suppression of the riot. These are bullet points taking about 30, 40 black residents into custody, putting a machine gun on a truck and taking it on patrol, although it was not functioning and much less useful than an ordinary rifle, being fired on from black snipers from the church and returning fire, being fired on by white men, turning the prisoners over to deputies to take them to police headquarters, being fired upon again by black are by armed black residents and having two NCOs slightly wounded searching for black snipers and firearms detailing an NCO to take 170 black residents to the civil authorities and delivering an additional 150 black residents to the convention hall Captain John W. McCoon reported that stockpiled ammunition within the burning structures began to explode which might have further contributed to casualties. Martial law was withdrawn on June 4th under Field Order Number 7. The Aftermath The massacre was covered by national newspapers and reported 
and the reported number of deaths varies widely. On June 1st, 1921, the Tulsa Tribune reported that nine white people and 68 black people had died in the riot. Shortly after, it changed this number to a total of 176 dead. The next day, the same reporter... Uh, the same paper reported the count as nine white people and 21 black people. The Los Angeles Express headline said 175 killed, many wounded. New York Times said that 77 people had been killed, including 68 black people. But it later, later lowered the total to 33. The Richmond Times dispatch of Virginia reported 85 people, including 25 white people, were killed. It also reported that police chief had reported to the governor, or reported to Governor Robinson, that the total was 75. And that a police major put the figure at 175. The Oklahoma Department of Vital Statistics put the number of deaths at 36. 26 black and 10 white. Very few people, if any, died as a direct result of the fire. Official state records show five deaths by conflict conflagration for the entire state in 1921. Walter Francis White of the NAACP traveled to Tulsa from New York and reported that although officials and undertakers said that the fatality numbers numbered 10 white and 21 black, he estimated that the number of dead to be 50 whites and to be 150 to 200 blacks. He also reported 10 white men were killed on Tuesday. Six white men drove into the black section and never came out, and 13 whites were killed on Wednesday. He reported that Major O.T. Johnson of the Salvation Army in Tulsa said that 37 blacks were employed as grave diggers to bury 120 blacks in individual graves without coffins on Friday and Saturday. The Oklahoma Commission described Johnson's statements as being that his crew was over three dozen uh, who dug about 150 graves. Ground penetrating radar was used to investigate the sites purported to contain these mass graves. Multiple eyewitness reports and oral histories suggested that the graves could have been dug at three different cemeteries across the city. The sites were examined and no evidence of ground disturbance indicated indicative of mass graves was found. However, at one site, the ground disturbance was found in a five-meter square area, but cemetery records indicate that three graves had been dug and bodies buried within the uh, this envelope before the riot. Oklahoma's 2001 commission into the riot provides multiple contradicting estimates. Goebel estimates 100 to 300 deaths, and Franklin and Ellsworth estimate 75 to 100 deaths, and describe some of the higher estimates as dubious as low estimates. Uh, (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. C. Snow was able to confirm 39 casualties, all listed as male, through four, although four were unidentifiable. 26 were black and 13 were white. The 13 white fatalities were taken to the hospitals. Eleven of them had come from outside of Oklahoma, and possibly as many as half were petroleum industry workers. Only eight of the confirmed 26 black fatalities were brought to the hospitals. 
And as hospitals were segregated, and with Black uh, Frisell Memorial Hospital having burned down, the only place where the injured black people were treated was at the basement of Morningside Hospital. Several hundred were injured. The Red Cross, in their preliminary overview, mentioned wide-ranging external estimates of 55 to 300 dead. However, because of the hurried nature of the undocumented burials, they declined to submit an official estimate stating the number of dead is a matter of conjecture. The Red Cross registered 8,624 persons. 83 people were hospitalized, mostly for gunshot wounds or burns. They are differentiated in the records on the basis of triage, uh, of the triage category and not the type of wound. While a further five... 131 required first aid or surgical treatment. Eight miscarriages were attributed to be the result of the tragedy. Nine died in care between June 1st and December 30th, 1921. The nearly 100,000 people in Greenwood (coughs) uh, were affected, relied in large part of the relief efforts of the Red Cross. Important for the future survival of the district, they worked to create a large-scale plan in order to provide security, food, shelter, job training, and placement, health care, and legal support for all survivors. The Red Cross was working uh, in the aftermath of of a tragedy, the victims of which had all the characteristics of prisoners of war. Homeless and helpless, abandoned by their home country, confined in specific areas, denied basic human rights, treated without respect, and deprived of their possessions. In less than a year of being in Tulsa, the Red Cross had set up a hospital for black patients, which was the first in Oklahoma history. It performed mass vaccinations for illnesses that could have been easily spread in the camps where survivors found themselves, as well as built infrastructure to provide fresh water, adequate food, and sufficient housing for those who no longer had a place of residence. Because of their work, the Red Cross saved, li- saved the lives of those injured, as well as helped to keep thousands of black Tulsans in the city who would otherwise had them leave. Property damage. The commercial section of Greenwood was destroyed. Losses include 191 businesses, a junior high, several churches, and the only hospital in the district. The Red Cross reported that 1,256 houses were burned, and another 215 were looted but not burned. The Tulsa Real Estate Exchange estimated property losses amounted to one point five million in US real estate and seven hundred and fifty thousand in personal property, equivalent to a total of thirty three million in twenty twenty. The Red Cross report in December nineteen twenty one estimated that ten thousand people were made homeless by the destruction. Over the next year local citizens filled more than or filed more than one point eight million and riot-related claims against the city, the equivalent of $26 million in 2020. Grand Jury Investigation and Allegations of Corruption The Tulsa Police Department, in the words of Chuck Jordan, did not do their job then. You know, 
They just didn't. Parrish, an African-American citizen of Tulsa, summarized the lawlessness in Oklahoma as a, a contributing factor in 22, or in 1922. If it were not for the profitable alliance of po politics and vice or professional crime, the tiny spark which is the beginning of all these outrages would promptly be extinguished. Clark, a prominent Oklahoma historian and law professor, completed his doctoral, uh, doctoral dissertation in law on the subject of lawlessness in Oklahoma, specifically on this period of time, and how lawlessness had led to the rise of the second KKK in order to illustrate the need for effective law enforcement and functional judiciary. Chief of Police John A. Gustafson was the subject of an investigation. Official proceedings began on June 6, 1921. He was prosecuted on multiple counts, <coughs> re refusing to enforce prohibition, refusing to uh, enforce anti-prostitution laws, operating a stolen automobile, laundering racket, and allowing known automobile thieves to escape justice for the purposes of extorting the citizens of Tulsa for rewards relating to their return, repurposing vehicles for his own use or sale, operating a fake detective agency for the purpose of billing the city of Tulsa for investigative duties he was already being paid for as chief of police, failing to enforce gun laws, and failure to take action during the riots. That list alone. Opinion. They threw the motherfucking book at him. Good. Back to fact. The Attorney General of Oklahoma received numerous letters alleging members of the police forced, uh, or a police force had conspired with members of the justice system to threaten witnesses in corruption trials stemming from the grand jury investigations. In the letters, various members of public requested the presence of State Attorney General at the trial. An assistant of the Attorney General replied to one such letter by stating that their budget was too stretched to respond and recommending instead the citizens of Tulsa simply vote for new officers. <clears throat> vote them out! Gustafson was found to have a long history of fraud predating his membership of the Tulsa Police Department. His previous partner in his detective agency, Phil Kirk, had been convicted of blackmail. Gustafson's fake detective agency ran up uh, high bills on the police account. Investigators noted that many blackmail letters had been sent to members of the community from the agency. One particularly disturbing case involved the frequent rape by her father of an 11-year-old girl who had since become pregnant. Instead of prosecuting, they sent a black hand letter on July 30th, 1921, out of five counts of an indictment, Gustafson was found guilty of two counts, negligence for failing to stop the riot, which resulted in his dismissal from the police force, and conspiring for, free, uh, for freeing automobile thieves and collecting rewards, which resulted in a jail sentence. Breaking the Silence Three days after the massacre, President Warren G. Harding spoke at an all-black Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. He declared, Despite the demagogues, the idea of our oneness as Americans has risen superior to every appeal to mere class and group. And so I wish 
it might be in this matter of our na national problem of races. Speaking directly about the events in Tulsa, he said, God grant that in the soberness, the fairness, and the justice of this country, we never see another spectacle like it. There was no convictions for any of the charges related to violence. They were, there were decades of silence about the terror, the violence, and losses of this event. The riot was largely omitted from local, state, and national histories. The Tulsa Race Riot of 1921 was rarely mentioned in history books or classrooms, or even in private. Black and white people alike grew into middle age unaware of what had taken place. It was not recognized in the Tulsa Tribune feature of 15 years ago today, or <clears throat> 25 years ago today. On 2007, a report detailing the history of the Tulsa Fire Department from 1987 until the date of publication makes no mention of the 1921 massacre. The Commission in 1996, <clears throat> as the riot's 75th anniversary neared, the state legislator or state legislate or legislature, fuck, <laughs> authorized an Oklahoma commission commission in to investigate the Tulsa race riot. You would think I can't read <laughs> by appointing individuals to study and prepare a report detailing a hist historical account. Wow. Of the riot. Wow. <laughs> Opinion. Wow. <laughs> wow. This guy can't read. <laughs> More opinion. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I sincerely hope that nothing like this ever happens again. Good idea. I know how to fix that. We're just going to pretend it never happened. It'll never happen again. Four score and 25 minutes ago, there was a terrible tragedy. Let's never speak of it again. It was just swept under the rug. Under the rug, into the furnace. <laughs> under the rug, into the mass grave. <sighs> That's almost as bad as the tree comment from last week. I don't know if anybody caught that, because we did not receive any comment on that. Nope, we're going to let that one go. I won't. <laughs> yeah. We don't in this house. <laughs> in this house, we remember. <laughs> in fact, in 1996, as the riot's 75th anniversary neared, the state legislator authorized an Oklahoma commission to investigate the Tulsa race riot by appointing individuals to study and prepare a report detailing a historical account of the riot. Authorization of the study enjoyed strong support from members of both political parties and all political persuasions. The commission had originally been called the Tulsa Race Riot Commission, but in November 2018, the name was changed to the Tulsa Race Massacre Commission. The commission conducted interviews and heard testimony in order to thoroughly document the causes and damages. The commission delivered its final report on February 21, 2001. The report, commission, uh, the report recommended actions for substantial restitution to the black residents, listed below in order of priority. Direct payment of reparations to survivors of the 1921 uh, Tulsa race riot. Direct payment of reparations to descendants of the survivors of the Tulsa race riot. A scholarship fund available to students affected by the Tulsa race riot. Establishment of an economic development enterprise zone in the historic area of the Greenwood District and a memorial for the reburial of the remains of the victims of the Tulsa race riot. Fucking hear, hear, bud. 
Post-commission actions. The Tulsa Race Massacre Commission arranged for the archaeological non-invasive ground surveys of the New Block Park, Oak Lawn Cemetery, and Booker T. Washington Cemetery, which were identified as possible locations for mass graves of black victims of the violence. Oral history... Oral histories, other sources, and timing suggested that the whites... Opinion hid those bodies where nobody will ever find them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oral histories and other sources uh, and timing suggest that the whites would have buried blacks at the first two locations. Black people were said to have buried uh, black victims at the third location after the riot was over. The people who were buried at Washington Cemetery, which is reserved for black people, were probably thought to be those victims who had died of their wounds after the riot had ended since it was the most distant suspected uh, burial location from downtown. Investigations of the three potential mass grave sites were performed in 97 and 98, even though the total area of the three of these locations could not be surveyed. <clears throat> Preliminary data suggested they contained no mass graves. In 99, an eyewitness who had seen whites bury black victims in Oaklawn Cemetery was found. A team investigated the potential area, with more equipment. In the end, searches for mass graves were made with the aid of technology, which included ground-penetrating radar, followed by core sampling. Expert report, uh, the expert's report, presented to the commission in December of 2000, could not substantiate claims of mass graves in Oaklawn Cemetery, Washington Cemetery, or New Block Park. A promising spot in Washington Cemetery had turned out to be a layer of clay, and another promising spot in New Block had turned out to be an old basement. The suggestion that the bodies had been burned in the city incinerator was also considered unfeasible and discounted given the incinerator's capacity and logistical considerations. In preparation for the 100th anniversary of the massacre, state archaeologists using ground-penetrating radar probed Oaklawn Cemetery for one long-rumored mass grave. Mayor that name's funny. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <clears throat> Mayor G.T. Bynum calls it a murder investigation. After input from the public, officials from the Oklahoma Archaeology, Archaeological Survey used three subsurface scanning techniques to survey New Block Park, Oaklawn Cemetery, and the area known as the Canes along the Arkansas River. The Oklahoma Archaeological Society subsequently announced that they were discontinuing search efforts at New Block Park after not finding any evidence. December 17, 2019, a team of forensic... Forensic. I can't say shit tonight. Forensic archaeologists announced that they had found anomalies which are consistent with uh, that of human dung pits beneath the ground at Oaklawn Cemetery uh, and the ground where the Interstate 22 bridge crosses the Arkansas River. They announced that the anomalies are likely candidates for mass graves. Uh, I'm trying to just skip to see if they ever found it. 
because we're almost near the end of what we have written here anyways. You you wrote it. I'm waiting for you to find it. Just just finish it off. Basically, no. They have a bunch of suspected places. But, again, they're waiting on more funding, too. I hate it here. Opinion. No, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <clears throat> Opinion at this point. Um, I don't know if the mass graves exist. Um. So, I just went and looked again. Uh-huh. And there was an article posted in 2021, in June. Think of how that's a hundred years. Uh-huh. They have been investigating a mass grave near the site of it, and they did unearth some skeletal remains. They believe it is. However, they're testing, and you know how backlogs are. What's crazy is, too, is like, uh, if you uh, look here, you can see the point where it entered the the zeitgeist for some people um, by the the dates for the, the pop culture stuff. So, apparently... And I didn't know this, um, but the, one of the songs that we played as the pre-show music tonight um, by the Gap Band, two of the members are from Tulsa, and uh, they wrote that song, uh, they named themselves after the streets, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, in remembrance of the Tulsa Race Massacre. And there are reports saying that uh, the song You Dropped a Bomb on Me is slyly an homage. Not so slyly, though. But this thing has affected our pop culture. <clears throat> Just quietly. Uh, there's literature and, and movies. Uh, it looks like 93 is... About as far back as it goes. Uh, the Gap Band would be further back than 93. However, there's not a lot of stuff that has really mentioned this. Again, this was, it was swept under the rug. Yeah, this was literally, they tried to erase this from history. And of course they did. So, I'm going to go back to fact for just a second. Uh-huh. So, they found remains in a section of a cemetery called the Original 18. Officials believe that the bodies of 18 black massacre victims who were listed on a funeral home ledger that were buried in unmarked graves. They were in individual coffins in one massive hole. They've done testing. They pulled the bodies out. And what they said is they have the associated trauma. Like they were seeing shotgun blasts to certain parts of the body they've identified so far like nine of them like that they were a possible they are of that age and this is possibly it but again we have no yes or no but they did find a mass grave hmm. but they're calling it as this is it well black <clears throat> black wall street can still be found today under the historical greenwood district in uh, Tulsa. After the, the Tulsa Race Massacre of 21, it took about 10 years to rebuild the district. Um, the historical Vern Vernon 
AME Church is the only building standing today which is part of the last remaining structure of the 21 Massacre. Uh, the residents of the Greenwood District try to keep the memory of Tulsa's race massacre prominent with the community. Today, many memorials stand out of respect for the, the memory of what once was Black Wall Street. Many investigations are still underway in Greenwood District in the hope that more unmarked graves can be found and more vic- victims of the massacre can be identified. <laughs> but this, in my opinion, okay, one... All stems from greed. Because, like the like we said early on, 19 times. It circulated 19 times within one community before it went back out to Uncle Sam. One dollar. Imagine if any small city could do that. Could do that right now. Like, uh, imagine Plymouth. I don't think Plymouth needs it. Uh, imagine the, the, the city we live in. I would like oh, to not give... What? I've always tried to avoid that. The city we live in. If they did that, we wouldn't have half the issues we have. What? Kept the money in here? Yeah. <laughs> Roads? There's got to be... Well, no, because that goes out, unfortunately. By keeping it in... It's it comes in and stays circulating through the businesses. But could a, a, a local business start repairing roads? I mean, theoretically, but they'd have to be contracted by the city, and DPW would step in because that's a unionized thing, and yeah, <laughs> they'd burn your shit to the ground. So it just. But no, I the cities need more of that but cities also need to allow businesses to come in that can help fund more of that yeah maybe not be so stodgy but it circulated 19 times one dollar moved around nine had the buying power of of almost twenty dollars for back then money yeah yeah before it zipped back out as a dollar yeah fuck your life uncle zam it's just they destroyed a, a but as I said at the beginning of this the reason I, I, I wanted to dive into this is because it kept coming up during Rodney King when we were talking about it why why do we do this why why are they tearing down their, their, their community well they're doing it before you can I have a question because they had such a prosperous society within their own mm-hmm is this why the white man invented projects? Could be. Oof, bud. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. How many neighborhoods do you now know that are notorious? And I, this sounds t- terrible for me to say. Notoriously black neighborhoods that are burned down or dangerous or anything of that sort. How many is are this not the projects? It, a lot of them. They were both uh, the, the projects, government the ghetto. Gave, yeah, I know. The government public gave, housing. The government gave the name of the projects as they were housing projects. They were meant to for more affordable housing. That's why they're called the projects. They were meant for low income, but we all know what that really means. Well, what it meant then. But now. Still, but I mean, look at it. Yes, who it is. Also, white panic. Definitely yeah. had its 
terrible little fingers in this. Because it's terrible. This is... It's, it's abhorrent. We say white panic, and, and I know because it's predominantly Caucasian. However, this is power panic. This is people in positions of power that don't want to give up any of that power because for whatever reason, whether they're they're black or they're brown or they're gay or, you know, they're female, trans male. or they're female. Yeah. Non-binary. You know. Whatever. If you weren't born into a, social, a, a certain social caste, you don't matter. You have to show them you matter. And the only way you can show them you matter is by breaking into their little club. But you can't just break in. You have to break in and prove that you're one of them. Because yeah. if you just break in, you become... But then if you've become one of them, you're just as bad. Well, yeah. But you're to just... them, you're no longer a threat. Cause but that's the point. They don't well. want anyone that's going to upset the status quo. Don't yeah. rock the boat. Even though the boat needs to be tipped the fuck over Burned and reset. To the ground. No, that's what they did. Yeah. No burning. Tip the boat over, put everyone in the water, reset the boat. Like the Titanic, except the boat didn't reset. Well, that was a clipping issue. It does if you hit rewind. <laughs> what? I hate it. I love that joke. Uh, if you play the Titanic in reverse. <laughs> it's a story about a man who was about to freeze to death because the bitch wouldn't let him on the door, who puts a whole ship back together that just hit an iceberg, and then they sail backwards to safety. And pretend they never met. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of text in there. Uh, said that's more of an issue of redlining and the lack of opportunity given to people from those project neighborhoods, which is majority populated by people of color. And Nicole has said, I never understood why they would destroy their own businesses and whatnot. Everyone has their own opinion on this. I'm just saying, I just don't understand why. If it's we taught to them how. That's what I'm saying. This was all done by a group of white rioters. Yeah. It wasn't their businesses. They, they fired back, the yes. neighborhood and, and then burn it to the ground. We taught them how. I fully believe that lynch mob, white lynch mobs and shit like what happened in Tulsa taught them how to respond. Yeah, because if it's going to be destroyed one way or the other, I'll do it myself. Taught generations and generations. Who just says if you play Titanic backwards, you don't have to hear that god-awful song. You hear it in reverse. I want to play that in reverse now. I don't know. Don't copyright. <laughs> DMC. <laughs> Fuck the law. But no, uh, I, that's, what I, that's the whole point of this show. That's what I was getting at is I think I somewhere in my brain has drawn parallels on its own and it could be completely off base. And if I am, please, I'm- somebody respectfully tell me that I'm off base. Yeah, there's a way to correcting your off a base, all right, but not on this. But we taught them how, like the Caucasians, the people in power who happen to be white, taught them how. Because you didn't hear that. I can't imagine there are that many. Yeah, just black people losing their mind for no goddamn reason. 
I very rarely. I think it's very rare that it's for no goddamn reason. And by that I mean I don't think it's ever for no goddamn reason. And as I believe it was Hootis <clears throat> said, and I stated this in the last episode too. When you go to someone and you try to talk to them, and it does not work, you are ignored. Your response is, is not heard, and you try again, peacefully. To approach the situation. And it goes unheard. Ignored. And you continually try. But the more you try to go about it peacefully. You're met with aggression. Physical violence. Threats. Black hand letters. Which is just extortion letters by the way. Again. There are those that believe. That when riots break out from protests, that it's whoever stands to lose from anyone listening to the protesters that somehow have infiltrated the protesters when they gather in numbers, it's easy. Well, we and started the, the problem. We saw a lot of that with the uh, BLM riots. We, I wouldn't call that a riot. The protests. Occupy. Yeah. But like, like I saw a lot of videos of like right before the riots start, right, right before the police started firing on these people with everything. Everything. Well, the, the you, you saw white people, and I mean white people. I mean spicy mayo thinking people. <laughs> Mister, no, I don't know what salt and pepper is. People. Fuck them people. But like I, I, I pointed out, Occupy. First and foremost, the members of Occupy. They liked avocado toast and Pokemon cards. They weren't causing problems to nobody. But yet, problems broke out. We have to make them seem unstable. We have to make it seem like we're the good guys, and they're just crazy. Satanic Panic has a very similar theming. The cops show up and protest. Or the... The cops show up to the protesters, immediately try to show a show of force and aggression. It does not work. Even if the crowd themselves are not showing any aggression. Sitting on the ground singing Kumbaya. And there are those that believe that the police force is nothing more than a security for the wealthier population. Who just has a question for you? Hey, man, why are you talking shit on Pokemon? Pokemon cards, the trading card game exclusively. Nobody that eats avocado toast and, and plays fucking Pokemon is going to be starting any shit. They were all like fucking college kids. That was what my point. If you took it bad, that reflects on what you think. Yeah, you think I'm Fuck shitting you, on Pokemon. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm only shitting on the Pokemon trading card game. That's it. I collected so much of that. Yeah, but did you play the game? Hell no. Any idea how to play the game? Hell no. Exactly. Fuck your game. Yeah, it's like you don't expect trouble out of potheads. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. No. You do not expect potheads to go out and fucking rob stores and break shit and fucking, you know, do how a bunch of dumb shit. How many yeah, tacos can I get out of it, though? He's sitting right here. This man None. is chaos incarnate. Fuck that shit, You man. get negative tacos. What the fuck? <laughs> you get tacos taken away. <laughs> fuck them hoes. Tacos, you <laughs> tacos you've already eaten will be removed. Oh hell. They go have fun. That's hard in the sewer system, bud. See, in order to do it, it'll chase him down, re-enter, reform, Ooh. and come back oh, up. So we're just playing me backwards. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the Titanic. 
I am a tragedy. But yeah, that's the point. They're too stoned to move. They they were You're, peaceful. You are a Titanic tragedy. They, they had <laughs> they had a legitimate argument, and they still have a legitimate argument. They're the same people that are screaming that they want their student loans wiped clean. Please, I'm buried. I don't even have any. Please do it though. Me either, and yeah, do it. Technically, but, you have mine. Congratulations. If you, Social safety nets. We were founded on these ideals. If you can give bailouts to corporations... Why can't you bail out your own people? Yeah. Do you guys not know what happens to a pyramid when the very bottom piece crumbles away? All of y'all fall. <laughs> Once the base is gone, you fucked. As you can Damn. tell, the billium is passionate about this. But... You have infiltrators, and and I can't say I disagree with the people that that say that. I understand that they that could Sounds just paranoid. yeah, that could be paranoia. I understand that that's a possibility. Uh, no, I, I we we literally saw white people throwing starting the actual looting processes. But yeah, it doesn't sound that crazy. If you were to tell me aliens came down and started the riot. Or that the side that wasn't happy infiltrated the protesters and started the riot? Guess which one I'm going to believe. I mean, they're both alien to the, to the cause. And we're not We're not talking about them. Paul's not here. <laughs> we'll talk about that at a late... We're, we're literally just going to wind him up and let him go one night just I know, because. but i got to be here for it. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. We'll take you over to his house, give you a cup of coffee, because it's... Mandated when you walk in that house, you Nicole get a cup just of coffee. said she has fifty thousand in student loans and nothing to show for it. Wipe it away if you want. I won't say no. Thank you, God. It wouldn't even hurt us. We just take a fraction of our military budget, which does not need to be as high as it is. Agreed. We could fix a lot of our problems with a fraction of the military budget. Oh, you mean like our homeless population, our housing crisis? Okay, let me just say a bigger fraction than what we already have. We could end world hunger theoretically. Yeah, I'm now depressed. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I've said it before. I'm for UBI. I'm for wiping the student debt clean. I'm, I'm for all of these things. We have seen time and time again different industries like the airlines and the oil and the banking and the housing and every other industry has gotten a fucking bailout. Yep. Well, your human workforce is a goddamn industry. Bail us the fuck out. Uh, Hootis just said, now I have no proof of this, but this is a thought rumbling through my head. When you push a community to the point where they're going to snap, they're trying to be heard, and violence is the only voice they feel will get them heard. Mm -hmm. They know that that voice will be sniped out or snipped out quick if they go over the protected area. And we all know who occupies that area. No seasoning, no motherfuckers. Goddamn. (laughs) Yeah... Unseasoned boiled chicken, motherfuckers. The point of a protest is to cause a disturbance and gain attention. Show of numbers that a group of individuals is very upset with the given problem. So maybe listen to them before they get to that point. Maybe stop pushing these people to that point. Well, I understand that it's all about money. How about not pushing them at all? Who the fuck cares anymore? Fucking stop acting 
like you need to have all the power over a certain group of people and just let people exist as people. My only issue with that is time and time again people have proven. Like I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to like alien forces or something like that. Something stepping up and just snatching up control. Like I'm done. Butterfly style. Yeah, every something's got to be better than this. I, you know, I I can't. There's a part of me that can't disagree with that that logic. Of we are dumb. We are going to kill ourselves. We are we are going to be our own downfall. Slowly. We kill already ourselves. are. What's the point? <sighs> like really slowly kill ourselves. It's because unfortunately, we are. They're slowly killing us already. We're squashed under, like Nicole said, fifty thousand dollars in student loans. They're giving us ten dollar an hour jobs, expecting us to rent a house. Because let's be honest, you can't buy a house. It's impossible. Well, more expensive, but the banks don't care. She said, "I work. I work work for uh, regional uh, of AA, and I didn't get shit for working through COVID. But an extra day of vacation for this year. They even accepted the bailout, and still nothing." Why can't we do what's right for for the little man? Because the CEOs seem to matter more. The people at the top have to get their paychecks. You know, it's but they have that they more than enough. Uh-huh. I look. Empire's fault. I don't believe our society be, should be structured in a way that you need more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. There's just no reason for one individual. And nobody should make less than fifty. To need $100,000 a year. If you're running a business, there's probably... Well, that business has its own amount that it needs. But there should be no reason for a single person to need more than $100,000 a year. We're just... We're in this weird cycle. Our wants are, are exceeding our abilities. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily something for us. Our wants, those of you that are listening, I'm going to make an assumption about my listener base, and I hope I'm not off base, but most of us are working class, no-collar people. Blue-collar, no-collar. I know there's a few out there that are probably in the white-collar, and that's because they got their heads on straight, and they believe in what we're doing and what we're saying. None of us are completely the problem because we have to again take our own personal responsibility remember your dollar is your vote that's what it's come down to i do not believe the voting system works not in one way shape or form i will still do it just in case i am wrong but i don't have faith in it where i do have faith for right now anyways is where i spend my money where I spend my money dictates what I believe in. If I spend my money at Walmart, I believe in, in corporations over small business. Inversely, if I spend my money at a small business, I know that they're going to be able to keep the lights on for another day. They're going to be able to pay their employees. They are a part of the community. And it doesn't matter if it's your, your community or another small community. Because I know, depending on where you live, other towns have other things. But, every time you choose a corporation, or corporate good, over 
a mom and pop, you've made a choice. And I understand that the mom and pops are more expensive. I get that. But they usually are better. There's a problem in this country where the things you need cost more sometimes than the things you want. Think about it. You need a nutritious meal, correct? Yeah. Health reasons, you need a nutritious meal. Which all people really need a nutritious meal. I I don't care if you have health problems or not. What happens if you try to buy healthy food and, and eat healthy? Look, all I'm saying is a side salad from Wendy's costs like five bucks. A McDouble costs two. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Because you've seen me go through grocery lists. Mm -hmm. We've been forced into this. And that's because we chose it. We paid for it. We bought our way in. And now we're locked in. I don't think we're locked in. I think there's still time to fix it. I hope there's still time to fix it. Call me optimistic. Well... We just need to all start voting the only way we can with our money. Yeah? You going to put that plan into action? Yeah, sure. Right now. Really? Yeah. That means no, no more DoorDash door from a- right now. anywhere that isn't a small restaurant. And actually, you'd have to go to that restaurant, theoretically, because DoorDash is a giant corporation that fucks everyone over. We know this firsthand. <laughs> And this isn't to make you feel guilty and make you try to do anything. But the point is, you you put what you want into action. So if you want better stuff at a reasonable price, well, you got to fight for it. you got to start making those choices and changes. We all do. And that's where the problem lies, is there aren't enough of us with one unified voice. Everybody's screaming about something else. You know, you got one side screaming, you know, don't take away my freedoms for a minor inconvenience. You got the other side screaming that I'm sick of the other side screaming, don't take away my rights for a minor inconvenience. You you, you have the, the side that's screaming, the red people are right. And you have the side that's screaming, no, the blue people are right. And then you have the, the people in the middle that uh, are purple and they're saying both sides are stupid. You know, I mean, still want so many times. We have chosen so many ways to keep ourselves divided. Think about it. Skin color, which state you're from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if we take away skin color and religion and sex, okay? If we remove those three things, we have pride in our country to divide us from others. Yay. We have sports team favorites to divide us from others. Go Saints. What? We have gaming council preferences to divide us from others. PC Master Master Race. Race. (laughs) (laughs) We have brands of soda to divide us. Coke. Yeah, Coke. We have so many things that we feel so passionately about that creates division. We should be legal in See, the entire country. Odd in the examples. <laughs> we need to find more reasons to come together. We all breathe air. Oh yeah, I'm with, I'm there with you, Hootis. Don't worry. Um, 
I'm embarrassed. Well, Lewis is getting banned. No, he's not. I'm okay with it. What? For that last one? Yeah. I like Pepsi better than Coke. See? Look. Move out. Look at you creating <laughs> division. It's yes. not a problem for me that you like Coke. That's fine. Enjoy your Pepsi. It ain't bad. Yes, it is. It tastes like in, dirt. In, uh, my favorite cola is actually... Uh, RC is mine. It is uh, Fago. Well, it's still Division. Yeah, but, yeah it's... That's a different one. That's a I say this one. all the time. I said it a lot when we were doing Instacart uh, in, in Tucson. But I say this a lot. There are too many fucking options. But if you don't have options, you have a monopoly. Uh, here's... <laughs> there we go. I, I'm, I hate it. You want cola? You're going to have to buy our brand. We set the price. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Ollie Haynes going to the, the, the store or uh, restaurants or something or or fast food places with me sometimes. I get so fucking annoyed. I tell him exactly what I want that's on the menu. Thanks, Hootis. And, and then you get, do you want this with that? 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 Will that complete your order? And then? I fucking hate mm-hmm. that. I'm not telling you any substitutions. Give it to me. <laughs> if I say a number fucking eight, don't ask me any questions. Just say, okay, and Look, move on. I hear Arby's. I do not want crinkle cr- cut fries. I came here for the curly fries. Those crinkle fries were good, I don't though. care. You no. go to no. Arby's for the curly we fries. We split those crinkle fries, and you liked them. But the, the point is, we have too many options in the world. There's too much choice. Stick to what you know, buds. You know, no. I... I I think we do with a little less options. A little more common sense and a little less options. Because it seems like every time we get away from common sense, we get more options. Thomas Paine, we need you. But what do I know? I'm just a dude with a microphone and an internet connection that has somewhat of an opinion. Just like Joe Rogan. No, I, I've not said the, the N-word. No, but you gave the three basics. Man, with a microphone, and an opinion. Can I please be better than Joe Rogan? Why I must vote. you be better than somebody else? Because Joe Rogan is trash. There's divisiveness. I'm sorry, I had to play it back on you. I don't care. I'll stand no, by I that one. With you. <laughs> I vote to promote our cult leader to higher than Joe Rogan. Yeah, I'll stand by that one. I second. <laughs> Motion has passed. God damn it, who is? I'm not arguing about. Sorry for that silence. Um, (laughs) We're reading. But no, I, I just, I don't get it, and I don't cite, I don't point to sharing moments of history where we really should be paying attention to what happened as the reason for us still having this division. That seems like a very neatly tied little package to just send out and dismiss. There's a a worse cause here. And it's not the the media per se. You, You only are responsible to believe what you choose to believe. You know, I hope there's no kids listening, but remember at one point you believed... That a fat white man with a white beard and a red suit came down your chimney and left you presents. I don't want to hear it. 
I always thought that man was kind of creepy, though. You grow out of certain things. Grow the fuck out of this. That's my opinion. Grow the fuck out of this. Let us all, as one, move together away from believing in Santa Claus. Because at the end of the day... It's just grandpa coming down the chimney, breaking his hip again. Yeah. It's just your grandpa, grandfather screaming racist epitaphs at the top of his lungs. Most of which you can't understand. I just realized in the chat, I'm able to edit other people's messages. So I changed to this message about equal love on curly fries. <laughs> That's terrible. I've given you too much power. I can make you say whatever I want. Oh, no. It's happened again. <laughs> those in power want to stop those from below from rising up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what it comes down to. We the people have more power than those in power, but they, they play the game in such a way and get us to believe that we don't. If we can collectively get our shit together and, and, and move as one in unison to make our lives better they have no other choice but to listen I'm not calling for violence I don't want you to fucking storm the capital I don't want you to gather in public spaces I want you to bury their email addresses write fucking letters break out a pencil and a piece of paper and write your fucking congressman and mail it to them I want you to tie up their phone lines. Pick one day a week when you're off. If you're sitting there doing laundry, fucking call your senators. Call call the governor. Call people and give them a fucking earful. You all want to scream at customer service people? Fucking get on the phone and call your representatives. If they don't represent you, don't elect their asses next time. If they won't talk to you, don't vote for them next time. Now... Make multiple calls, too. Make multiple attempts. Be the most caring, caring you can care. Talk to them. Tell them that you're upset. I know it sounds stupid. What's a, what's an email going to do? They can delete that. What's a letter going to do? They can throw that away. What's a phone call going to do? They can ignore that. Yeah. And if you feel you're being ignored, vote their asses out. If your representatives can't make time to talk to you about the issues that you have and genuinely listen to you, find someone who will. Y'all like to get rid of husbands and wives so quickly. I mean... Look, if we can cancel culture some of the biggest names in Hollywood, I think we can cancel culture some turtle-looking motherfuckers. I'm also going to say this. Stop voting for motherfuckers over the age of 50. Fuck them hoes. We need to lower the age of presidency down from 35 to 30. We drop it five years. And actually, 50 isn't fair. 60. If they're anywhere near 60, don't vote for them. Term limits on We're ne- We are never going to be able to, to get them to vote to, to take their own jobs away. Right. No. So we elect us who don't care about the others infiltrate them like they infiltrate our riots. But if you're upset and you're tired 
of the violence against each other, and you're tired against the divisiveness of the, the race war that has been ripping this country apart for way too long. If you think gay people should be allowed to adopt, if you don't care what bathroom somebody uses, if you want transgender people to, to have the same rights as everyone else... Because they're still fucking people? There's a way to go about it. And it, it's not flashy and doesn't get on the news and in media. But here's the thing. If everyone... Imagine if everyone started writing this, the representative here in Michigan. Tomorrow morning, everybody that listened to this show started sending off emails. Crash the system. Oh, hold on. That listened to this show. Start making phone calls. Start making phone calls. And they tell people, you know what? You should do the same. Fuck. Huh. You should do the same. And they start doing it. We will. You'll get attention. Do you know why? Because when the servers go down, when you crash them, or you jam up the phone lines, or you bury them in a sea of fucking letters... When they can't get the rest of their work done. Somebody inside the office is going to call the news. Because it's going to be a hell of a story that they're going to want to try to keep quiet. However, somebody will call the news. Because if I can trust in one thing in humanity... Read. They'll see a way to make some money off of it. And then they'll have to say, well, what's going on? Now. And it's not greed. It's for somebody else's kind of uh, rising through the ranks. Oh, if I can get, I can just sneak this information out to this group. Yeah, so see, this is different from a, a DDoS attack. Yeah. This is using their service to contact them. And there's nothing stopping you from sending the same email, making multiple email accounts. Right. Phone calls. Redial. 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 Do it while you're taking a shit. Hope that you get your state representative while you're mid-tail. The true, truest show of what you're made of is if you get that senator and you keep the tail flowing. If you get that senator and you end up uh, tapering off there, well, strengthen your nerve. But what you really want is to be able to just mid-tail, hi, my name is so-and-so of this voting district, and I have an issue I'd like to speak to you about. Bloop. <laughs> Play the game against them. That's what it comes down to. <coughs> Those of you that are in my generation, if you're truly fucking sick of shit, and you're not just lip service, and you really do want things to change, you want things to get better for yourself... Or if you have children, you want things to get better for your children, make your voice heard. Do it in a way that's not going to get you fucking pepper sprayed. I can't guarantee this, well, they might kick in the doors of people. They haven't gone that far in a long time. Wasn't really all that long ago. 
They said they would never drop atomic bombs again, and they haven't yet. But however, I wouldn't put it past them. So, you know. One looks for, to the past to determine the future, bud. But that's the only that's way we're going to affect change, is we got to talk about it. we got to talk about it together. we got to stop talking about all the dumb shit that doesn't really matter. And we got to start contacting our fucking representatives. And... and... <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing the courtesy flush there, Hootis? We got to make our voices heard in a way that isn't going to hurt. And we have to help one another. Look at an issue, even if it doesn't affect you. See who it affects. Really look into it. I, everybody says, well, I don't have time, you know. I work and I take care of kids and I've got an excuse for this and I've got an excuse for that. Do you take a shit? Do you take a shit? Yeah. Do you poop? Do you sit there and scroll a mindless TikToks? If you do, you have the time to research. Are you sharing cat pictures on a regular basis? Constantly. That needs needs to happen, though. (laughs) That's how the internet works, my guy. The internet. Do you realize that's not what the internet was intended for? Mm hmm. None of it. It's what it's been used for. It was intended for the free, sh- free, freely sharing of information. And we can't even truly do that. We global locking. Well, we just well in the beginning. In the beginning, it was great, but we choose what information we share. We choose what we pay attention to. I'll give you a good example. I want all of you out there to do this. Starting. Monday morning. I want you to go 30 days without liking or commenting anything. I want you to take note of your feed on Facebook when you do this. Don't like, comment, share, anything. You can scroll Facebook all you want, but do not interact with anything. I'll even say don't interact with my stuff. I'm willing to take the one-month hit. Oof, but this is serious. I want you to watch your Facebook feed. And I want you to notice how it changes. It's a lot more broad. That or they- he does this a lot. Like he'll clean, it, He's called it cleansing his Facebook before. Mm, because <laughs> he said that. But it changes what is shown to him. Mm-hmm. That is it resets his algorithm. 30 days don't interact with anything. You could send messages. But no liking, commenting, sharing, or subscribing. Nope. And, or clicking, either. Like, can't, can't watch a- you could scroll your feed, you could watch videos that are there if you have autoplay on, but do not interact with a single thing for 30 days on Facebook. And I trust you, your feed will completely change. It will be desperately trying to figure out what you want to see. And, and it, it will try to purposely throw you things that could incite you to make. Just ignore it. And then, at the end of that 30 days, only interact with the things you truly want to see. I'll, I'll go you one better. We'll do this for four weeks. For two weeks, don't interact with anything on Facebook. And then, after that two weeks is up, Interact with only the things you want to see. You know, mostly us. Yeah, well. Who just said, dude, I just got my uh, got back in Facebook 
about a month ago. It does change a lot, but it also limits who sees your stuff. I'm surprised it doesn't ban your account, because clearly it's been hacked or something. No. It, it limits who sees your stuff only because of what they choose to interact with. Yeah. That's the same with the, the show stuff. You might catch a post from me once in a while, like on my personal page, to know about this. But if you don't see the posts from the Cult of Odd page, it's because you don't interact with them. The more you interact with it, the more you'll see it, because it will show you that more. Which is why I get 15 messages on my Facebook every day telling me, Hey, Odd posted. Hey, Cult of Odd posted. Mm-hmm. If you interact with it, you see it. If you build it. <laughs> Uh, we've got about five minutes left. Let me tell you, if you are a Patreon subscriber, which I know you want to be, if, uh, you are a Patreon subscriber, this episode will be another one of our free ones because we don't want to profit off the suffering. However, as a make good, the people at the $5 tier, because they're paying for just the episode and everybody else. Um, we'll have access to the audio version of the interview that I just uploaded to the Patreon early today. This is my interview with the one and only Bruce Valanche. If you don't know who Bruce Valanche is, some of you might remember him from being on Hollywood Squares with Whoopi Goldberg. But who he truly is, is a genius comedic writer who has had some of Hollywood's greatest comedians and movie stars alike come to him and ask for lines when they do award shows so those zippy little zingers that they they say when they're up there someone has to write those and that someone is often bruce valanche he's worked for he's given lines to people like Whoopi goldberg robin williams billy crystal um he's done charity work with uh the multiple lgbtq plus charities as well as the aids foundation um, the man is a literal comedy writing legend, and I enjoyed the hell out of being able to speak with him. So, so go listen to it. So the video version is up there for our, our Cultivad Plus members. The audio version usually goes to the Cultivad members, but this week, because this episode is free, all the tiers will have access to the audio version of the interview between myself and Bruce Valanche. I hope that makes up for it. Next week, we're back on our bullshit. Yay. Um, but if you are not subscribed to the Patreon and you want to, you can go to patreon.com forward slash cult of odd. And uh, there is a five, ten, and twenty dollar tier. There's also a fifty dollar tier, but Jesus Christ, who the fuck's going to give me fifty dollars a month for this shit? At the twenty dollar tier, you get a fifteen percent off coupon for uh, all purchases at Motor City Candleworks. You also get access to the video interviews, the audio interviews. You get full episodes of the Cult of Odd. And you get a, a Patreon shout-out in each episode. At the $10 tier, you get the audio version of the interview, the full episodes, a 10% off coupon for Motor City Candleworks and all your purchases, and a Patreon shout-out. At the $5 tier, you get all of our episodes. 
you get the 10% off coupon for Motor City Candleworks, and you get our, our shout-out. All very worth it, bud. I did what I could. And, of course, there's always a fun size episode of uh, a fun size version of most of our episodes because we are giving away this episode for free. It'll be up on all major platforms probably uh, within the next hours or so. And then the fun size would typically go up on Sunday. That's for those of you that are new and just listening. I hope that as graphic as some of it was, I hope there's an understanding of where my mind made the connection. I hope there's an understanding of how truly horrific this incident was and how we need not repeat it for any reason. I hope this helps affirm if you were worried in any way, shape, or form that we are all in this together. You're not alone. You're not left stranded out there wondering if anyone thinks like you. You just have to join the Cult of Odd. We're free thinkers at the Cult of Odd. I know that's scary, but don't worry. It's just a podcast. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining.